Um, yeah, so basically this is our first uh, live stream. Let me mute this. Uh, this is our first uh, live stream on Obervolted. Um, we have done a live stream before, but that was on the website channel, I believe. Um, but yeah, we wanted to um, introduce uh, Noah Mon, our newest writer here. And Hello. Yep, he's been doing a have... great job on the website. He's been writing a lot of our articles of late while Alex and I have been mm -hmm. kind of dealing with reviews. I mm -hmm. think you guys can hear me now. Go ahead and type in chat if you can. Everybody saying yes? We're seeing a lot of yeses. We have about a 10-second delay. We heard everyone but yep. Kirk. Yep. Uh, Jim is not going to be doing um, tech videos for a while, uh, Shedrick. So, but uh, uh, maybe, is... maybe we can pull him into one of these in the future. Is it maybe we can. Maybe yeah. we can. All right, I think we got all the audio issues taken care of. I I feel left out. Maybe I should have put on my headset. Here. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> now I match everyone. Welcome to the team. No, I don't need to. All right, so uh, let's get started with the topics. Uh, I guess we can just do a little bit with Jim here. He has a new YouTube channel called Free Thinker. Uh, we have mm -hmm. a link to it in, I think, the description for this channel as a reference. Yep, Jim has got a new channel. All right. So let's go ahead and, like you said, move to our first topic, the, the patent for chiplets for video. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I covered that. Uh, AMD patents to design to push more rasterization to the next level. So we know that rasterization has its limits, especially uh, what we saw with the 20 series where NVIDIA introduced ray tracing to kind of try new technologies to kind of make up for rasterization uh, performance. And, you know, we haven't seen a lot of improvements over the years in terms of rasterization. It, for the longest bit, it was 20-30% uh, improvement. And then it, it, it was a huge jump between, uh, between the 9-series nine, uh, nine and 900-series and the 1,000-series. Yes. yes, there was a And then massive. it kind of it dropped off during the 20-series. And mm -hmm. uh, so... And, NVIDIA and these companies have already seen these trends come. So they're, they're preparing for it by introducing new technologies like ray tracing. In AMD's case, it's introducing a chiplet-based design. And what's really interesting about the entire chiplet-based design is that it's a lot more difficult to do on the GPU space than it is in the CPU space because in the CPU space, you have a lot less data that you're working with, but in the GPU space, that, that goes up by multiple factors. So uh, they've outlined this really cool pattern where they show that can be done using a high-speed interconnect called... Uh, uh, what was it called? HBX. Uh, yeah, it's called... Yep, yeah, it's called yeah. HBX. 
So it kind of works like uh, Infinity Fabric in many ways, but it connects two triplets at a time. By the way, by the way, the pattern looks, and then uh, the the way programs are intended to see this is that okay, it's one big GPU versus ten smaller ones, and that's where really all the magic is happening. Uh, yeah. On a very low level, it's a really small electrical path that connects uh, the interposers between the chiplets. And uh, that's uh, that's the magic sauce that AMD is using to catch up to rasterization. So what are your thoughts, guys? Well, I think first and foremost, you know, we've had some technology to chain GPUs together in the past. We had Crossfire, SLI. It had been around for ages. 10, 20 years kind of ages. And yeah. it just never really caught on with any of the gaming environment people. I mean, I mean, Crossfire and SLI had a very hardcore, I would say, a little period where it was used. It's just the development work on it was, the work from the devs was so uh, time-consuming that they just ended up stopping supporting it yeah and that's what i'm meaning when i say game people but i'm not talking here, about the end users oh, okay okay it, yep. a but lot here, of end users would do it because it would be a great inexpensive way to get more performance without having to pay top tier yep. gpu prices because to a get a little people. extra 10 20 percent <laughs> it was <laughs> almost double the price I know a lot of yep. people who bought a second 6770 and ran them in Crossfire because it was, you know, comparable to, it wasn't as good as a 6950, but it would sometimes be close enough that for right. another $100, it, it looked great. Yeah, and a lot of the technology back then was just frame interleaving where one GPU would work on one frame and the next one would work on that mm -hmm. second frame. And you essentially yeah. had a, a dual frame buffer and... Now we got games that do triple buffering and things like that, depending on the input <laughs> latency you want to deal with. But it's pretty much moved to a model of just a single GPU. Because even though it, we just came out with the DirectX 11 or 12 that supported it, hardware it, virtualization almost, where they could just have GPUs all work in consort to render different parts of the screen even as opposed to the whole screen. And we saw that in Ashes. They kind of showcased that technology with AMD pushing it with their Mantle initiative and things like that. But it still never took off with developers. They just never supported it in any mm -hmm. good fashionable way and it just kind of died off. They even got rid of the interconnects now on some of the newer GPUs where they don't have those yep. SLI links. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I actually spoke to a developer. Um, there's this really old game called Supreme Commander. It's from like 2008. Yep. Uh, not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but I spoke yeah, to the developer on a lot of things and they were like, yeah, when SLI was around, it was a transition phase. So they were moving from 32-bit to 64-bit and multiple cores. So it, it was like they didn't have the time for it. And from that point on, they really didn't like invest a lot of time into that because most of their resources were tied up in shipping one title, you know? So 
these kind of technologies don't make sense. And if you look at what NVIDIA is doing today is that um, they actually offer developers support to integrate RTX. So uh, there was there was there's definitely a push from the GPU vendor, uh, the GPU manufacturers to get RTX out, but I guess it really wasn't there, you know, the market forces just weren't there for multiple GPUs. Well, the yeah. the thing is we've been kind of hearing about this even from AMD themselves for a little while now because it's been a thing since the Ryzen CPUs came out and they did chiplets with those. They're like, yep. hey, why don't you do this with your GPUs? And yeah. the the line that they've always toted was, this is hard, guys. This is really yeah. hard. We might not even be able to do it kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, that was probably a tongue-in-cheek thing. They had probably started looking at this chiplet idea with both their CPU and their GPU. It just made a lot more. Yep. It was a lot easier to do with the CPU first, but it obviously they got something worked out here. They put the patents in for it. Uh, it's going to be mm -hmm. interesting to see how a, NVIDIA comes back, whether they'll license this technology or find some way to work around it and come up with their own patent. Yep. But with chiplets, it, it's going to be the way we go because the more we shrink yep. the die sizes, the more artifacts more you know, flaws that they're going to run into because the tolerances yep. are getting so small yep plus with the supply chain issues we have right now we just can't afford to do monolithic gpus it just oh, yeah. doesn't make sense oh, yeah, uh, no. have That's... two major fabs out there that are working on mainstream consumer gpus we have uh, TSMC and AMD, and then you have NVIDIA and Samsung, and they are well above capacity right now. So there really needs to be a lot of technology in the field of material sciences and these kind of tricks, as we like to call them in the GPU, in the gaming space, you know, where you're faking these things to get the best performance out. You kind of need more of these technologies to come out to kind of make up for the limitations we have in the physical space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, we need to give a I'm shout out to, to Ryan. He yep. donated yep. five pounds. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, no, those are euros. Yep. The screen's like You're this American. far away we from me. So. We're Americans. We don't know. It's a squiggly line. <laughs> yeah, there's also a very interesting comment by Mike Brizone. Uh, there will be FPGAs married to DGPUs. Yeah, so we're already seeing that with ray tracing. Um, ray tracing is basically done on what is FPGA mm -hmm. in its simplest form on a hardware level. Yeah, and video cards have actually had it, not quite FPGA level, but they have had programmable uh, bits to them. Yeah, that's been one of the big things with CUDA yeah. and whatnot is they've been able to do a little bit of that programmable <laughs> stuff on the yep. GPU as well. It might not have been full FPGA stuff, but now that AMD has made their acquisition, we might actually get to see that a little bit more. Yeah, plus we're going to see a lot more accelerators coming to GPUs along with AI tech. I think uh, video uh, was it? Cortex had a very interesting uh, video on this where they basically outlined that 
hey, we've reached the limits of rasterization. We have to use AI and these other critics to get to the performance levels that we need to get for generation or generation improvements, you know? You want to know the fun thing? With that whole graphics co-processor, with this chiplet idea, they're going to essentially have that. They're going to have a co-processor that deals with all of the IO handling as well as probably any miscellaneous one-off feature that they're going to have to put in Mm -hmm. there. And then they'll have this back-end GPU chiplet array that will do all of the actual core processing. So there you go, Cortex, your little graphics coprocessor thing, in a way, is probably going to come true. Yep. Also, um, what was outlined in the in the pattern was that, you know how we see the memory modules aligned at different angles on on the diet on the on the PCV itself? We could see something like that on the chip level, where you see them in an array, in like a pentagonal shape and all that. So it's 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 very scalable in that sense. Uh, it could be done. On a, in a in a five configuration or two configuration, so it's basically going to be one chiplet from the lowest end skews to the highest end, and uh, that kind of uh, that kind of makes AMD in a unique position if this comes ahead, you know, if this comes to fruition, mm-hmm. is that AMD is the only one that's doing this right now. Uh, well, we don't know what's happening in other. Nvidia's labs. We we do have Intel. That has already shown that they're going to be doing the you know, fervorous stuff with their XEs GPUs, and so we do yep, know yep, yep. we've seen pictures of it that show four, yep. I think, dies yep. for their GPUs. So they'll yep. be doing chiplets as well. Yep. Plus, uh, I think uh, I think Intel put it the best way. You know, uh, when when Ryzen launched, it's it's just a bunch of. Uh, CPUs glued together. It's 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 not done properly, you know. They made this very interesting remark when Ryzen launched. And, Isn't and, glue a technical you know, term though? When they said they're glued together, we think uh... Elmer's glue, but there's a lot of people that are like, glue is a technical term. It's talking about attaching. I mean, dyes. I mean, blue team. What are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. you guys are you guys are seeing my uh, my chair in the back. Oh no. Yep. Product placement. My but chair how... isn't a gaming chair, so you don't get to see something like what Noaman has behind yep. him. See, my my chair you can't even see it. I have to kind of glitch it in here because of the fake green screen that we're doing. Because yep. I I am too poor to get a real green screen, and I really doubt you guys want to see my office. That has everything from a weight bench to a closet full of computer hardware. I even have a box. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind one of those. I even have a box in my office that has the words P4 compatible, meaning Pentium 4 compatible CPU case. or It's an NGC, yeah. if anyone cares what brand. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Hardline DK asks in the chat, sorry if you've already touched on this, but how will GPUs deal with die-to-die -die latency compared to CPUs? Is it a complete non-issue or well, Really, that's a really yeah. good question because when we're talking about gaming, it's an entirely latency-based thing. Yeah, and if yeah. we look at it, we see frames that are rendered in 30 milliseconds or less, right? Mm-hmm. But we look at the inter-die communication for chiplets. What's the millisecond latency between dies, cores on different dies? Do we have a spec for that? Wasn't it like 80 nanosecond? Yeah, which is very low. And, so uh, as long as low. they can overcome the the grunt by just adding more cores, essentially, right? More chiplets. That 80 nanosecond that they get with their current Ryzen you know, inner core communication across the fabric, I think mm -hmm. they can easily pull off a GPU that can stay under that 30 millisecond per frame. All right. So I have some numbers here. Um, depending on how many cores you're using, the core-to-core -core latency can be anywhere from 6.6 .6 nanoseconds up to 82.3 nanoseconds. I mean, for context, we can't tell the difference between 10 seconds and a minute sometimes, you know? That's how fast things go. So I don't think people are gonna be able to tell the difference in GPUs, especially considering that um, the pattern outlines that they're cross-link, it's, it's gonna be like an electrical path. So there's gonna be a lot of bandwidth there to make sure that there's no uh, latency or there's as less latency as possible. Because well, it's basically taking, yeah. yeah I was okay. just gonna interject and say, it, with CPUs, you're doing tasks in one core in some relatively single threaded process. And if you try to bring in another core to multi-thread that, a lot of times there's interdependencies there. And so you have that inner core communication, they talk about NUMA modes and things like that because they just kind of have to work with each other. But mm -hmm. with GPUs, everything is just rasterizing or pushing you know, pixels through all of these yep. cores from a central location, that controller IO, right? Yeah, that controller die. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of those chiplets are just going to be doing set tasks that are outlined by that control die. Mm-hmm there's not a whole lot of inner core communication going on. You know, one core doesn't need to know what the other core is doing because they all run massively yep. parallel. It is designed to do this. And so mm -hmm. it's basically more like a, a supercomputer or maybe even more like Bionic where they're just sending out packets of data to process and then they get the feedback and then they decide what to do with it. And so I don't really yep. see the latency being a big deal to end up with a good real-time result. Yeah, and CAT 75 row points out GPUs are mostly unidirectional processors. They don't need to communicate. No, that's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, it is. You need a big, solid central cache. I mean, that's, that's honestly a good point. I, I always think of things from the way that CPUs are designed and CPU mm -hmm. tasks. Um, 
this is why I like having Donnie around because he's the GPU guy and I can mm-hmm. just sort of let him do this stuff. Yeah, Fortunately, but, couldn't make it this week, but you know, hopefully next week. Yeah, but again, we have this new crosslink. We mm-hmm. we don't know what the limitations are on that as of yet, so we kind of have to go with what we have and we have to assume that they've figured this out or they're in the process of figuring this out. Because keep in mind, this is going to be Gen 1 technology. And mm-hmm. we all know that Ryzen first gen was really good, but it wasn't amazing. It was no. second gen that was, that was you know, that was selling like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. And so third gen that was a massive improvement. Exactly. So it's going to be the same process. I mean, keep in mind that AMD hasn't had these kind of resources in a while they just went debt free a couple of years back uh so that's true that's true the i think lisa sue put it the best uh they've just started winning and you know they're gonna make small improvements up until the fact that these 10 20 small improvements are one big leap you know right and by the looks of things, AMD is going to be competitive. They're competitive now. Can't even get the GPUs. And that's very obvious. Well, uh, on that note, do you want to jump over to our uh, supply talk? Yeah. So let's address the elephant in the room, which is none of us can get a GPU anymore. I mean, I've been trying. I was there on launch day. You guys probably saw the article I wrote. I was there on launch day for both our DNA 2 and the 3000 series NVIDIA stuff. And I would have bought one on day one if they were available just so that we could have some in our testing facility. That That's all there is to it. And I wasn't even that hyped about it. Like I knew our DNA 2 was going to be very competitive on par with NVIDIA's offerings. And I would have been fine with either one of them, even though I don't personally need the upgrade. But I tried to get one, and I couldn't. Just could not do it. They they just weren't even available day one. Yep, yep, yep. I have a very interesting story to tell here. So before... So we're talking about like three to four months back. Before uh, NVIDIA made their announcement for the 3000 series. My plan was to open up something in the e-commerce space and, you know, start something in the computer space. Now, admittedly, it would have been a huge risk, but I was kind of saved by the bell, you could say. So uh, I have an inside source in the GPU industry who told me that, listen, when, so this this was early on, he was like, listen, I'd advise you against this. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, let's see what happens. You know, let's see after launch what happens. Two days after launch, I had a conversation with this person again. And I was like, hey, how many GPUs are you expecting? You know, just casually. And he told me, oh, look, it's single digits. And I was just shocked. And at that point, yeah, yeah. when he told me that, couple of weeks before the shortage became mainstream, I had to put all my plans on hold. You know, uh, I had a website ready to go. I was looking at warehouses. It kind of saved me in that regard. 
but the point is that you know these guys knew it was happening because of the allocations that happened initially so there was there was time they could have they could have tried mitigating that pretty early on and you know i think nvidia could have responded to these things better in a lot of ways for example uh we know that gpu production for the 20 series stopped a couple of months before the 30 series came out and they were just liquidating stock by the time 30 series launched and you know based on how many how many orders that they they made initially with samson they would have had an idea of how many they're going to sell but i think nvidia messed up in the sense that they were the victim of their own success and going from 10 series to 20 series was literally just rtx that was the main performance uh, metric that they advertised i think it was like 50 something times that that they mentioned rtx when 20 series launched and not a lot of people felt like it was worth an upgrade but when the 30 series launched the performance was there the pandemic was there and uh, you know there were also a lot of sanctions happening uh to china where these gpus are manufactured mainly mm-hmm. so these things kind of created the hot pot of trouble that we were in early on and uh, yeah what are your thoughts um i just wanted to bring up some things that are being brought up in the chat uh we have mike who's joining us he's always a great commenter on a lot of the videos we've been posting and he's making some comments and i just wanted to bring those to light and when we say shortage we're talking from a consumer standpoint where everything looks like it's yep. out remember trying to get toilet paper yep. yeah it, yep, 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 yep. the supply was the same they just couldn't make it fast enough due to the huge demand and it's kind of the yeah. same with this there is a huge demand for gpus everyone got put into lockdown nobody had anything to do except for play video games and everyone realized that their computers were 8 years old and so all mm-hmm. the people who normally were skipping the computer upgrades and just moving to tablets and things like that you remember that whole pc is in decline story that had been going around yeah. for 6 yeah, years for we've been years. in decline yep. kind of thing yep. Yep. and now all of a sudden all of those pcs that were in decline got upgraded Yeah, yeah. So there's this huge demand and Mike points out that all of the numbers that we see are supply numbers from the retailer's point of view, not necessarily supply channel. The supply channel has been complaining that all the numbers that they're seeing are the same as always, not ramped up for the higher demand. And that is causing yes. the constraints that we're seeing on the end. And the, yep. to to also make matters worse, we just had bitcoin uh, cresting 40,000 47,000 right now 47. i don't know i haven't been tracking it, it was too closely 41 or 42 when i was last looking at it yeah it is so, at 47 it is at 47,000 and $3 yeah so it's been taking off which has caused a little bit of a mining boom and let me clarify this for everyone who gets it wrong they are not mining bitcoin with these gpus no That, no, let me put no. that clear. They are most likely is, mining Ethereum or some of the altcoins because those are the ones that are actually generating the money. Realistically, realistically what I think a lot of what's happening is that 
people on uh, 5700XTs, on older cards, the the okay. AMD cards are mining on those cards. Yeah. But those people, as they sell their cards to miners, need a new graphics card. Because if you have a 5700XT and it's going for 600 bucks on eBay, you're going to take that 600 bucks. But then what are you going to do afterwards? You're going to try to buy a new GPU. Right. So then that's even more demand that's being put on the market. But I think the question to ask here is, how many people do you know personally that have sold their old dated GPU for a profit? I feel like a lot of this is just, you know, oh, he said it's worth a lot, so I'm going to sell it for a lot type of situation, you know? People yeah, aren't actually putting a real value, a practical value to it. It's more of, oh, supply, demand, and I'm just going to make up numbers at this point. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, a few of my, my friends have sold their cards. Um, I've sold my primary card. I'm using, uh, by the way, shout out to Keith from WCCF Tech for letting me borrow his, uh, his 2080 for some testing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep testing with it. <laughs> For a little while. Testing. No, I've, I've got to send it back to him, and he's he's going to yell at me. Yeah, 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 I know. I know, Keith. Oh, wow, he's actually in the chat. That's hilarious. So, someone <laughs> sold their... Alex with the nose cam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what uh, you guys want. I don't know what you guys want. It's big. No, no, he's talking about the angle. Your camera is lower than your face is. And so uh, I... Yeah. I don't know, man. I got it. This thing propped up on some boxes. It, it keeps falling. My everywhere. webcam is on top of a 32-inch monitor, so you'd be looking down at me and my floor if I wasn't kind of reclined in my chair. So, <laughs> Am I, mean, I the only I one straight, sitting perpendicular? I, I, I'm more like this, and you guys can see the angle there. So I'm trying to keep it good for you guys. And yeah, I'll, I'll sport the one-punch shirt. Look at that, guys. <laughs> So yeah, we have the flip sides of this entire crazy GPU. Yeah, and I have the situation. prices on Newegg up right now. Who would pay six hundred and forty-nine dollars for a sixteen sixty super? Uh someone with a job and extra money lying around. Maybe I mean, the DAG size for Ethereum makes it so you can't do it in the four gig cards. So the old. 570s and whatnot, but they can still mine in Kapow and all those other blockchains. So there is a demand for them still, unfortunately. I wish these 4-gig cards were just free and clear for everyone else to pick up and at least have something to fall back on while they wait for supply. But I think it's going to end up being the 4000 series NVIDIA cards when they launch that will actually have a little bit more supply, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and based... I think to mitigate uh, the supply, NVIDIA announced, or rather, there's chatter in the industry that NVIDIA is bringing back 1050 Ti and 2060 series cards. Right. And uh, we had an interesting conversation before, just before the stream started, where uh, myself and Alex were discussing... Uh, Selling off his GPU, right? You're, uh... No, I. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just they're going for so much. It's absurd. Like it's just. Yeah. 
So 20, 20 series cards are coming back in the 2060, the 1050 Ti. We don't know if they're going to be coming at a price cut, but if they're coming at MSRP, <laughs> I don't know what NVIDIA is doing, but good luck. Making money, that's what they're doing. That is, like, businesses are out to make money. They are not there for your benefit to help you game better for free. You know, they are not doing that. They want to make money, and they will make money. By the way, has that 20% market share rule thingy been discussed on the channel before? The 20% market share? For NVIDIA? Yeah, like how NVIDIA controls market share for their vendors. That's been covered here? I don't think we have. Actually, no, no. No, specifically. I thought you were talking about something else. I'm sorry. Yeah, so... I heard from GPU insiders that that's actually a thing where, you know, if if a certain OEM crosses a certain threshold of GPUs sold, uh, NVIDIA kind of rebalances that by cutting supply and whatnot. I don't know how much of this is true, but... It wouldn't shock me. So I I wouldn't be surprised. Something that Mike Rizone brought up again that I've been kind of neglecting to address directly with mining being a financial endeavor it becomes a a financial or a commercial market for these gpus gamers have always just been using them for entertainment enjoyment so it's a luxury expense for us and we haven't really had much competition for that except for people that could use cuda and things on the more gamer grade rather than the Right. Uh, enterprise type GPUs, but now the the gamer grade GPUs have a commercial market to compete with gamers against. It's no longer a, a how much is somebody willing to pay for a commodity. This is how much can somebody make out of a graphics card in a reasonable amount of time, and then the price point gets set from that. And that's what we're mm-hmm. seeing. If you have a thirty eighty, you could mm-hmm. be mining on it even with Ethereum right now, and be making practically $10 in profit a day after power is considered. I mean, $10 that's, a day in high. profit. Now, whether that's exactly, it might be $8 now, it might be higher. I don't know. I haven't been following it closely, but I did hear when it mm-hmm. hit 10 And I mean, that's how it was back in the first mining craze when you could have a 1080 Ti mining and make $5 to $10 a day per card. And yeah, I mean, I had four 1080 Ti's mining back then, (laughs) but my wife is using one now. I'm using one. Uh I used it to offset the cost of the card. And and what card card is this that you're saying is getting about 10 bucks now? The 3080. 3080, Well, the, the thing about that, and a part of the reason why the 5700 XTs are selling so well in the 5700s is they're getting close to that and they are, you know, people aren't selling them for $800. That's a big reason why there's so much demand for these older AMD cards and why the price on them is just skyrocketed. Well, and it, combine that with the rumor, I, I haven't verified it myself and I haven't read mm-hmm. too much on it, but there is that rumor that AMD, or not AMD, but NVIDIA had sold half a million GPUs directly to miners. Now, whether that was verified or yeah, validated, that I was, can't that was a, say. So it's allegedly. 
Yeah, that was a strange situation. I think uh, those cards were lost, and then Nvidia found them, and then Nvidia said that they weren't lost. It was a very strange situation. Let me suspicious look it up. a little bit. Just suspicious a little bit. Yeah, lost. Yeah. Um. Somebody in the chat just said you're getting about nine bucks a day from a 5700 XT. Yeah. So I should you... I should be mining. I've actually enabled i've been mining on my gpu i actually had to pause my mining for this live stream so you guys i'm doing this for you i i'm no longer making my it's actually about three or three and a half dollars a day for the 1080 ti i have mine a little uh down clock so i'm only burning about 150 watts i mean <laughs> i'm not trying too hard but i got solar panels and so it my solar production is helping run these cards so it reduces my cost even that much more yeah my electricity bill is like 250 dollars a month mm -hmm. i don't think it's gonna get very high considering i live in the middle east and uh, mm -hmm. you know electricity is pretty cheap here mm -hmm. i don't know what the numbers are exactly i don't pay the bills but i'm pretty sure it would be a little profitable for me considering that I have oh, a man. XT that's, you know, not doing a lot of heavy lifting. Well, I, uh, I during the first mining craze, had about 30 GPUs in my slave pens, you know. <laughs> and I was... Where do you get the money for that? Did you take out a loan, max out your cards? What did you do, man? I'm not a professional writer. <laughs> Alex gets the joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am yeah. an IT specialist by trade, and so yeah, I have my actual income to help me uh, at least uh, have credit limits that I can buy this for, mine on it, yep. and then sell it. Yep. You know, that's I mined on so, my stuff for about six to nine months, and then I started parting out the parts while the GPUs were still lucrative, and it practically made purchase price on the cards after nine months of mining so yeah that's the smart kirk. way to do it guys <laughs> my friend kirk my my superior you're gonna teach me bitcoin and mining after this it's just it, it's honestly not that hard if you're mining like in a window setup and you, you know you're mining one gp you could just use nice hash um so if, you guys if you're going to have a whole setup and you're going to like you know, worry about the power efficiency of all of them. Mm -hmm. Then you, you know, there's like the custom BIOSes and and running the miners and Linux and stuff. And, I and actually that sort of loaded my own bootstraps on my 570s See? and things like See? that. And mm -hmm. I, I ran them pretty lean. They were about a hundred watts each, mm -hmm. you know, with the overclocked memory and things like that. And they were running pretty good. They were profitable for quite a while, and I parted them out before the crash, and so I maintained a lot of the value. They mm -hmm. obviously weren't re, uh, being resold for the same price as they were during their high pricing days like right now with the current GPUs. But it, the thing I had to manage most was the power utilization. I actually added wiring to my garage so that I could run mm -hmm. it off a 240 volt. And then I set up a grow tent, one of those, uh, uh, you know, indoor hydroponic grow tents. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> I set up one of those with a ventilation system and I just 
air conditioned them with normal summer air, which is about 90 Fahrenheit here, which is, I don't know what that is in Celsius, 30? <laughs> it's, I'll guess, 32. Okay. And so, so it was yeah. hot, but I vented it all directly outdoors. Didn't have to worry too much about the dust. It was fine. All right. So uh, mining um, is a thing. I just I just want to cut you off for one second yeah. though. I keep seeing on the stream the XFX Merc card, the, the yeah, 6900 yeah. XT. Right. Yeah. Man, I'd like to, to use one of those. Same, same. Notice how there's only like uh, what 20, 24 devices here, and then all of a sudden it just is out of stock on everything. I mean, mm -hmm. I've actually been watching this particular live stream, but it, I. And looking and looking, hey, look, you can get a 5600X on Amazon right now. It's in stock, but it's probably a reseller that's charging $500 for it. I mean, I've had a... Your frame rate won't drop if you play on the lowest settings. Yeah. Oh, my he, God. He has some really funny memes on the thing. I actually have a lot more. I actually wrote us a, a bot that would monitor Amazon Newegg, and I started doing it with Best Buy, and then I'm like, eh... That was more of an academic exercise for me. I went and just right. watched the stream. It's whatever. Watch what best to mine with RX 5700? There's actually a what to mine website. If you go into Google, whatever, just type in what to mine, you'll find it. It'll tell you the best thing to mine with your particular GPU, with your particular power costs uh for me my power costs are in the winter are about 11 cents per kilowatt hour and so it let that for all you europeans that are paying half a dollar for your you know, renewable energy and stuff it, yeah you know, we have a lot of sun here i'm in the western u.s so it's desert climate my solar panels go full sun for most of the summer it's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. We'll yeah. trade 5700 XT for 2080 Ti. You know, that'll probably work for somebody. That, that would probably yeah. work on somebody. Yeah, yep. especially if they're mining. <laughs> but no, I, I just, I've been taking it, the opportunity and just sticking my video card to mine. And mm -hmm. just when I'm not using it, it's just mining away. And yeah, I'm getting maybe $10 a day between my couple of GPUs uh, before cost of electricity, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just looking forward to a time where I can buy a, um, a modern, a, a new GPU, I guess, either a, either a 6,000 series or a 3,000 series. Well, the, and the thing that pay a little over me, retail. It, not you, pay a lot over retail. You saw the uh, DLSS alternative that, AMD announced, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Fidelity FX, was it? It, it was in their Fidelity branding, uh, but yep. they called it something else. I've been yeah, really I... busy this week, guys. Like, I haven't even read tech news. It, the, the most I got was through maybe half a Moore's Law episode at, half, at double speed. It, you know. <laughs> but they have the alternative that is more of a software rendered thing even. So you don't even have to have you know, RT cores or 
any of the you know tensor cores that nvidia uses to do wow. their dlss and so it theoretically could work on both amd and nvidia hardware right so um i have the news report here amd fidelity fx super resolution which is a mouthful might launch in march to challenge nvidia dlss yeah and I'm super stoked yeah. for that because, well, I can't get an NVIDIA card to even try DLSS on. And if you look at the screenshots that they provided, you can see the uh, you know, they have cross-hatched fence gate or a, a fencing that just looks terrible with normal DLSS. And they show it being nice and clear, almost like native 4K. So it... If they can, uh, that's actually an article I wanted to do. Gamers Nexus actually made a video doing basically what I wanted to make an article of, and that was comparing mm -hmm. DLS quality in different circumstances that would be very hard for DLSS to work properly on. Right. And it, it works pretty good, but checkerboarding also works pretty good too, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. there's a lot so of technique that they use in consoles to make those look really good at 4k even though they might be a little underpowered or at least they used to be nowadays yep. they're doing better than most people can get in their computer because of the, the supply constraints we'll call yeah. them we won't call it a shortage anymore we'll call it supply constraints so i know we didn't really talk about this much before um but i i put this in the chat about a week ago um, the fact that Sony is, is selling consoles at below manufacturing cost, apparently they, this is a tech power up article. I can link it mm -hmm. um, again. I, I had a look at that, but both console manufacturers, in fact, I think, uh, Sony and Microsoft are, are doing, are, are basically selling consoles at hardware loss because, they make up for it in the software side of things. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's been the case been since the forever. That's, well, that's the yeah. console last strategy. Gen they were making a well, last generation, they were making a profit. They, they made the stuff cheap enough they could make a profit. Well, by the end of the series, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, no, no. Like, yeah. I, think, I think like a year in, they were making a profit on it. They actually intended to make those things cheaper. I mean, come on. How, how expensive do you think Jaguar SOCs were? <laughs> Considering one's running well, my firewall and doing a hard time at it. Yeah, I know how cheap they can be. <laughs> you know um speaking of jaguar um i wa remember watching one of these ltt videos where they essentially had an xbox one cpu running windows <laughs> like you know, i know the one like a I know North the one. bridge chip and everything I they bought one. it for like what 60 dollars 70 dollars mm -hmm. hey alex I you might have one. to recenter Why? yourself on your camera Oh, am I? Am I, <laughs> I, I think I people thinking, want to see more than your ear. Okay, go ahead, Norman. Yeah, I was just like, why can't we just have more of these instead of like the lower end APUs we're getting and whatnot? Like, a lower end APU is like what, $50, $60? Like, it's, it's under $100. But over here, you're getting a motherboard and a processor for like $80 to $100. It's pretty mm -hmm. good value. It's an RPI, you know? but better. <laughs> Basically, I mean, its CPU performance was crap on Windows, but still, it's a very good offering if you want a low-cost machine that 
doesn't suck too much, you know? Um, I, I at some point want to talk about the fact that Asus and, and Ikea um, is going to have gaming furniture, but we can save that for later. I, I think the well, the AMD momentum thing is, is way more interesting. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. We've all seen the gaming furniture that you might be referring to. Maybe not from Ikea, but in the, you remember that bed that had the monitor stand and everything built into it? That, yeah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, I would love to have that. No, no, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No. You want to um, ask, ergonomics is important, guys. If you're going to be gaming for eight hours, laying down in a bed is probably not the way to do it. No, you're going to like hurt your back and neck. It's, and it's yeah, just, it's, just trying to use the keyboard like Linus does in his your bathtub. Wrists are not, I mean, yeah. come on, it's not going <laughs> to. Oh, yes, God, yes, I'm going to pull in references to common YouTubers and such. Hey, I, I hope hey, they don't listen. take offense because it's not meant that. I'm just saying it's a funny situation. I, I you think know. he knows. I think he knows what he's doing when he puts the the keyboard in the bathtub. I think he knows what he's doing. If yeah. LG wants to send me a 55 inch screen that I can mount in my shower, <sighs> yeah. I'm more than happy to show it off while wearing a swimsuit. Just saying. Speaking, speaking of. Uh, Interestingly, I, 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 I'm sorry to cut you off, but this God, is interesting. I was uh, having a look at monitors, and Samsung has this really interesting 31 and a half inch monitor that was featured in LTT. Uh-huh. It's basically a monitor that has a USB C connection. And if you have a MacBook or like any USB C Thunderbolt device, you can basically like use that. but the crazy part was that's running Tizen OS. It supports DeX. It supports uh, display over USB-C. And, you know, it supports so many other display technologies where I'm just like, so basically I don't even need any cables to use this thing. Right. But the problem is it's only available in North America. And I'm just like, oh, son of a gun. Ooh, um, okay, North you got Americans. A, you got a good question. And um, Nan Aseta Nala, I think, I think I pronounced that right. They said, will you do it if I send you the TV? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, there, listen, there are listen, people demanding are... that I make a waifu body pillow of me in I'm... a fireman outfit or something. For all those people that don't get the joke, I do kind of like uh, emergency rescue firefighting on the so- on the side. That's my side hustle kind of thing. And, so um, there was somebody wanting to call me Captain Kirk if I got promoted, but it, we only vote for uh, who's going to be fire captain every couple of years, and we kind of you know, all have a democratic process about who's going to be fire captain kind of thing. So it's so I haven't been vying for it. And <laughs> no. And listen, like last time, Please don't send me more cute anime girls in my email. <laughs> That's alex.stevens at adoredtv.com. Speaking of that email, when when do I get an adored.tv email address? Oh, that's right. We haven't given you one yet. We will no. correct that after the live stream. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll work on that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah just like I, Donnie, I have second rights to be able to work on back-end stuff for the website, guys, so... Amazing. Uh, I pulled up the Gigabyte review that I did for their G27F gaming monitor. And I bring it up because you were talking about the Samsung monitor with Thunderbolt capability and 
whatnot. Uh, Gigabyte, uh, they actually were talking about sending me this monitor, but their KVM version, which does something similar where they have a USB Type-C that would work over a particular uh, proprietary, uh, well, not proprietary, but like a a multimedia link uh, thing. It requires a special port on a laptop that supports Uh it. And it's not just some Type-C connection that you can just plug USB. It it has to be a particular type uh, that supports this. Technology is it? Is it the one where it has to be tied into the GPU? Uh, no, it's not. No, the, it's not NVLink or anything like that. It this right, is right. A, a Type C connection that supports this particular feature. You know, I was I like, to... I asked him the question. You know, is this capable of being done on just a normal type? I I didn't hear back a positive or a negative on that. But yeah, unless if it's something that's going to apply to more than just people that managed to get this one laptop from this one vendor, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to waste your guys' time reading about a KVM monitor that only applied to three people, you know? Yeah. yeah. On, on the other hand, like if gigabyte had a larger presence in my region, I would gladly pick up on stuff like that because I find these kind of technologies very interesting in the sense mm-hmm. that they're well, early adopter now. What is their potential 10 years or yeah. five years down the line? Sure. And five years down the line, yeah, it would probably be this great technology. I would have actually done it if I had a device that could have used it. So I could have shown off how to use it because that's what I want to do is I want to emphasize the benefits of things like that because it would go over great in my uh, offices because we have people that are using <laughs> these me. docking stations and mm-hmm. they complain about their laptops and their desktops and things like that, having to swap monitors or anything. Mm -hmm. We've basically just given them desktop replacement devices rather than giving them a desktop to work off at work and a laptop to take home. Just because... So how does that work, if you don't mind asking? Kind of sounds interesting. Well, they have a dock that has a dual monitor output, a, Mm -hmm. a bunch of USB ports and stuh and it all runs over USB 3.0. And yeah, right. The, the monitors run at 30 frames per second. You can kind of see the pixelation as they try to mm-hmm. attempt to you know, optimize that bandwidth because you know, USB type C and all those uh, 10, 20 gig versions, uh, the 3.1, 3.2 stuff, which USB naming conventions are terrible, by the way. They are. <laughs> they are. They should have just called it USB 4, USB 5, whatever, but. That's neither here nor there. You can see them trying to optimize the bandwidth to provide services to all these things. And even over USB 3, they're having a hard time doing it. Yeah. In fact, I think Asus made this point with one of their laptops, which is what one of those gaming thin lights where they have an external GPU dock. They were like, listen, we don't have enough bandwidth over... USB-C or Thunderbolt. So mm-hmm. we have to use this proprietary port, which is like USB-C and uh, PCIe, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of other laptop makers make the same statement, saying, hey, that's not the same. So it's definitely an industry-wide issue that really needs to be corrected soon. Yeah. Well, with this KVM monitor, you could have your keyboard and mouse plugged into the monitor, and you could do a 
the KVM sequences to be able to flip over from a PC to a laptop and back and forth without having to actually mess with any of the cables, things like that. So it was like a KVM built into the monitor through this special That's USB really link. Good. It was actually really, I, really intriguing. Yeah. It had the network I, port and all of that on the monitor. And it was really nice. It, I just, I'm assuming it's the same panel as this G27F. So if you want to see you know, the specs of the screen, it is actually a really good screen. It's only 1080p in the one I reviewed, but Alex actually reviewed the 1440 curved version and he did a great job on that so go check out that review as well and the numbers should, came out the, pretty the monitor nice that i'm using right now yeah <laughs> yeah check check the chat and the acer that i'm using right now that's a 32 inch curved screen which mm -hmm. i really like as well as it that review is on the website as well it's like the acer eq something or other mm. or ed Something or other. Yeah, right here. I yeah. mean, buyer beware. There is some issues with it. I have ran into um, some glitches dealing with it. You can see right here, half the screen is black. And just turning it off and back on again fixes this. And I've actually had to RMA my monitor because of some distortion at the bottom of the screen it would just go weird oh i and, think i yeah. think i know what this is i think this is one of those uh displays where they've essentially put two panels together and this causes the actually issue. no this is newer than that but i think that's the underlying cause for this half black half not screen right it, i i personally thought that it might be but it's a single HDMI link that runs the whole panel. You don't have to do the two links and have it be two monitor blow any of that <laughs> any of that early stuff that people had to do when they were first dealing with 4K screens. Yep. But I think the technology is still kind of remnant in there and that's kind of what's being seen. <laughs> but IR made oh. this monitor. The one I got back did it once and it hasn't done it since. But I had to RMA it because of distortion that would cause the bottom portion of the screen to just kind of have dancing distortion lines and things. So make sure you factor in about a $50 shipping return within the warranty yeah. period because it, but other than that, it is a sweet monitor. I mean, you calibrate yep. it, it gets rid of some of this warm hue and mm -hmm. it's actually one of the higher scoring for your sRGB Look, it has the 96 coverage and you know, 122, whereas the one that Alex looked at was only 92 with 120. And so it's definitely got some pretty good color reproduction for being as cheap as it is. Mm -hmm. It's right. on sale quite regularly in the 329 range. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, it's a, uh, the one that I've got, it's a really uh, fantastic monitor. The only issue that I'm going to give you guys is if you are planning to use a AMD graphics card with it and use FreeSync, it does have FreeSync flicker. Um, okay. If you use an NVIDIA card on, on you know, the NVIDIA FreeSync, it doesn't come up. Um, this seems to be, though, more of an AMD graphics card issue, although I tried with three different ones and it kept coming up. So it, well, it's weird. I think it's more on, on AMD side of the implementation than anything. Yeah, and right. I actually was using FreeSync and G-Sync on my panel that Gigabyte sent me, and it actually worked out fine for both mm -hmm. video cards. I just had to use the display port instead of the HDMI. Now I'm using the display ports. I tried the HDMIs. It didn't really make a big difference. Yeah. 
Um, I, I just but, have to... Yeah, so we're, we're getting some people in the chat saying that um, we didn't really give anybody a... Um, uh, like a heads up and in the future we will we just spent yeah a little while trying to work yeah. out the kinks behind this so we didn't want to say we spent some time in the green time. room for sure yeah 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 we didn't, roughly, we didn't want anybody to say we'll be here at you know <laughs> we originally planned to have this start at 2 p.m and we didn't get started until what three well originally we were supposed to do this like what a week back <laughs> yeah I, I've been pushing for a podcast for a while. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. overvolted for a while now. Because yeah, we've, we've been having some some issues getting everybody together and yeah. stuff. So, for context, it's like one a.m. in the morning for me over here, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it's been crazy. Yep, and we hopefully we'll get some of our other writers like Bizud on here. He's actually mm -hmm. a local to my time, so. It, that might work really good. One for... of our uh, one of our Discord guys too um, became a writer. Um, uh, Curry Gohan, I, I forget what his real name is because he's just been in the in the Discord as Curry Gohan for so long. Yes. Right. Don't spit when you talk. Your dash might be contagious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny guy. Uh, uh, we. Stacy, we did we did post the the Free Thinker channel um, like a, a few times in there. I don't know if the link's not coming up or something. And if you're yeah, in the Discord, guys, if you join Patreon, you automatically get put into the Discord, or not automatically. It's still a manual process for us. We don't have APIs calls or, but we'll add you to the Discord so you guys can have access to our Q and A channel in there. The free thinker we have got has a, a temporary channel in there for now until they can get their own discord server. Yep. If uh, that's something that Jim wants to do, we still do get to talk to him a little bit on the back end, but he is, mm -hmm. he's handed the keys over to our editor in chief, Donnie. And so uh, all, all hail Donnie. Right. Yes. <laughs> we, oh. we give him crap about it all the time. It's great. And yeah. so we are not necessarily an independent entity since Adored is still uh, the branding and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so Jim is still somewhat involved in a business sense. But uh, as far as the content is concerned, it's kind of a democratic process here. I mm -hmm. try to get the overvolted podcast stuff all sorted out and everything uh, with the help of our other writers uh, as for the direction, the content we want to put on the website, it's all individual. If we see something that tickles our fancy, or if you guys make a recommendation of, Hey, check this out, mm -hmm. you know, we go and look at it and we can write a piece about it. That's yeah. just how it works. And, uh, and we also, also in answer, the mobile space. That's, we that's, also, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I said, we also answer, um, podcast questions in the podcast, uh, questions channel. All Which right. we haven't done for a while because we haven't done a podcast in a while. Wait, so we have we have, we have a podcast not. questions channel. We yes, do. Where is TV that? Channel. It's uh, it's oh. right under the adored TV thing. Right, right, right. Here we go. Yeah. So, uh, one of the other topics I wanted to touch base on, since we've primarily been consumer GPU so far, uh, let's chat a little bit about security, shall we? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm not sure yeah. who's been paying attention to the security feeds of things, but uh, part of my job at work is to be security, right? 
Mm -hmm. I work in uh, like the energy sector, things like that. So I have to deal with this particular stuff on a daily basis. Um, we have somebody who I, I hesitate to use the term, but hacked into the Florida city uh, or not a Florida city. It's uh, old Smar is the name of the town. 15,000 people being serviced by a water treatment plant and they get hacked into. And according to the article, the register times. actually did uh, some really good investigative journalism on this. I, it has a lot more detail than a lot of websites provided, but a operator was sitting at a terminal that was used as a diagnostic terminal. It, it had ties to a lot of the controllers in the plant and all the automated systems so that if there was a problem with the process, it could be centrally viewed by a remote resource, a contracting mm -hmm. company to investigate the issue and resolve problems with the process. Well, right. they had TeamViewer installed most likely as a service that is able to be remote accessed with or without password by a particular account. And that's my assumption. It just mentions they had TeamViewer installed and the operator that was sitting at the terminal saw all of a sudden their mouse start moving and navigating through their HMI, their human machine interface stuff, basically the graphics that show them the plant process. And they went to a part of the screen eventually that allowed them to increase the amount of base that they put into the water supply to level out the pH. And they, it's basically lye. It was what sodium nitrate, something like that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they increased it from its supposed rate up to about 11 a thousand so if it's a hundred times that means it's probably normally at 110 parts per million they upped mm -hmm. it to eleven thousand parts per million which would have made the water extremely base which it starts reacting almost like acid would if you know yeah. how acid works oh, yeah. yeah yeah but it's pretty rough it's uh it's not going to just dump an entire vat into it it injects it as it flows through and so it, it will gradually turn the water into a heavy base and it, they use it to strip heavy minerals out of the water process and things like that mm -hmm. but they have a lot of backup systems that monitor the ph levels and things independent of the settings that actually inject that and so it, there's layers of controls to fix it, it would have stopped the process before that water made it into the drinking water or something. But the control operator immediately noticed. He waited for the mouse to stop moving and knew that the guy had logged off before immediately going and correcting the setting. So this guy was very attentive. But the big thing is security. <laughs> It, I mean, I have in my environment set up a team viewer for contract remote access, but it required me to provide the user and password and then set up new firewall rules or at least undisable firewall rules to allow that team viewer access and then right. uh, have very constructed 
controls around remote access, mm -hmm. especially for contractors. And the box that they remoted onto wasn't directly into a machine that had access. They would have to RDP from there into yep. some machine that has access. And I would sit and monitor that box that they remoted into in order to make sure that they're not doing something wrong kind of a thing. So very controlled circumstance where somebody would have access to a SCADA network or environment. And obviously not everyone follows those protocols because it's too burdensome, too costly, whatever, you know, maybe they don't have the expertise in house to set it up properly, but, uh, yeah. let's see. I, I have a question. Um, yeah. The FBI and the secret service are investigating. Yes. Doesn't this kind of head towards the route of terrorism? Well, because sense. it was a water yeah. treatment facility, they would be managed by the de Department of Homeland Security. And the Secret right. Service is a weird one. Yeah. Well, weird one. it's because it's DHS. They probably roped in the Secret Service, but it most likely it's going to be DHS with the FBI running on this, trying to figure out who it was that essentially attacked this plant. Uh, the fact that they knew how to use the HMI, my guess is that it's probably somebody who was familiar with the software that was in use. So maybe it was Honeywell, maybe it was former, something. It, former contractors? It could be maybe. a former contractor, depending on how customized the UI is. But if it's mm -hmm. a, a standard system like a Honeywell or something like that, it should be mm -hmm. pretty obvious. Now, the, it was probably somebody who was familiar with the water treatment processes or at least... Uh, general processes and so who knows i doubt it was state sponsored since it was a small plant but it was most likely opportunistic as well my yeah. guess is that the person who controlled the team viewer account that their email got compromised yeah and so i bet you, you this know, fell back to a phishing exercise you know yeah. if there was there was a certain president in office you know what they would have said what it was china <laughs> it was a foreign actor russia was, china was, who knows it was all them it was no. their acts i'm thinking what, it was what, most likely word? just a general fisher that managed to yeah yeah I'm fish the that account because... and then they sold it to somebody who wanted it yeah. yeah or it could be like a 15 year old who got like lucky and was just like oh let me try this out well, we'll find out from the investigation. If they track it back to somebody, then it most likely was an inexperienced person. <laughs> if they can't find who it is and they just have to say it was China or Russia or North Korea, then yeah. it most likely was just, just, somebody more skilled. There's a there's a question. There's a statement in uh, in the chat. Justin Cotoy, malice is supposed to look like stupidity or incompetence. In my experience. It's usually both of the last two. It's not malice. Like, I have seen people do the most stupid things. Like, someone tried to put a USB-C inside a USB-A and be like, oh, they're all USB, right? And they <laughs> broke the port. Like, come on. Yeah. How... <laughs> My kids have broken That's... many a micro USB port because they're keyed, and so you have to have them one way or another. Oh, man. It's actually oh, man. why I really like USB-C. I really do. Kirk, please stop giving me... 
like flashbacks. Please, just let's. PTSD. This is why I like. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I... you know it's not that serious. I don't I don't want to insult anybody that actually has PTSD. It's just it's really frustrating. Yeah, it is. But you know uh, what's we funny got a is good that. Question. Go ahead, sorry, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that the world's most hated food company kind of solved these things early on. Even though they charge a butt ton for everything, like they solved it pretty early on. MagSafe, uh, Lightning. Mm-hmm. We got to give credit where it's due, and it's, well, it's definitely due there. They're a and phenomenal company when it comes to user yeah. experience, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. You got your MagSafe, yep. and you got your you know, Thunderbolt kind of stuff that they've mimicked, and it, it's great. Yeah. It yeah. really is. And Full disclosure, I don't say this because I work for them. Look, Android. <laughs> so nice. I I want to uh, check one of the... So a lot of the questions were, when do you think the next podcast will be? Are you guys going to do a podcast for Christmas? Um, well, that's kind we of the thing we didn't... One. We have a good one, though. We, we almost didn't here. do it this um, weekend because of Valentine's, actually. But my wife is rather understanding. She knows I like tech, and so... God bless her. Yeah. But, and I've uh, already got the entire actual Valentine's Day booked out for her. So she's already like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm going to get Valentine's Day, so you have to do it on Saturday. <laughs> so we have... Um, so we have a good question here, which is, what was your favorite game of the past year? Um Oh, um, Fallout 76 for me. Wow. I like the yeah. isolationist game that came out. I think everyone played it, didn't they? I mean... <laughs> Which one? I'm the... being facetious. I, I, I am sure I don't. I, I'm being facetious, though. I think it was called uh, Lockdown or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Funny. Um, you know, it's really sad when... Lockdown goes into effect, and you realize that your life didn't actually change. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait, we're not supposed to just stay at home and play video games and talk to people on the computer? What is this world? <laughs> so, I mean, so I, I can see that a lot of people said that they like cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And Ryan That's already true. said it, and that was one of the things that people put in, uh, in the chat. Yes. Uh, for me... Oh, and happy, uh, well, happy anniversary, uh, Johnny. We got to get a non-official sponsor moment here. Oh, there we go. You guys oh, will see I that miss? on the screen. Yeah. They're on a slight delay, too. They yep. can't see me visually because of how webcams can only have yes. one piece of software attached to them at a time. I need, like, two is webcams, it, guys. Is it Monster? Is, is that our? Is that our? No. Monster? It's oh, a, it's it. a it's a rock star, but they have a new formula now, and yep. it tastes like garbage. It's like a Red Bull or a Monster drink. It, it's really strong, fruity, not like their original can. Notice the red mm-hmm. lid top. So, I'm still working through my stockpile of originals, and then I think I'm gonna kick Rockstar to the curb because their new stuff just tastes terrible. Um, but yeah, so for me, um, the best game of the, my favorite game of the year was, um, Doom Eternal. All right. I could have lived vicariously through my wife. 
My wife plays you know, all these video games. I bought her Cyberpunk for Christmas, and <laughs> she it, like let me go back it, when we were first married uh, about two three years into our marriage. Um, I got her Mass Effect three for Christmas. I had no wife for two years or two months. I had no wife. She was just somewhere. I don't know where, but it's I great, never. It's a great. No, she never great talked game. to it's me. I don't. We went to it's bed fun. at separate times, even because she was just playing this thing solid. It's, it's a great game. <laughs> yep. Mass so, Effect is a really good game. Like, they're remastering it. Uh, the yeah, yeah, the ultimate edition or legendary, I think it was the Mass Effect legendary. Not, no, no, not ultimate legendary, edition. right? Yeah. Let's see, smash, but out. uh, I hear it's gonna be almost 100 expensive. likes. What else does it stand for? What are they talking about? It, it, what is it? What does it stand for? We're almost 100. Oh, oh, no, no, yeah, just, just, yeah. All right, um, let's move to the next topic, I guess. Uh, I like video games, there. guys. Yeah, yes, like Jim games. is um, uh, Scottish, but he is not on the Overvolted podcast. He actually is doing videos on Freethinker because yep. he's kind of gotten bored, actually, with the tech scene. He's, he's done a lot of analytics. He's a really analytical thinker. Mm-hmm. And right now, tech isn't as much brain candy for him as it used to be back when Ryzen chiplets were becoming a thing and he was doing all the analyzing on how that will impact the industry. And it has, it's really impacted a lot of the verticals, a lot of the supply. I mean, can you imagine if they were trying to get 16 cores into a single die, we'd still be paying Intel's server pricing if that was the case. I mean, yeah. I before mean, Ryzen came out, I knew I needed more CPU. I was stuck on i7s with only four core, eight thread, and I just couldn't now, justify the price increase. Nolan, I was I looking to build a PC in the Sandy Bridge days. That's when I mm-hmm. first knew I wanted a PC, and what I saw was, hey, why are all these CPUs only four cores? And then AMD had their FX series with eight cores, and I was like, hey, that's amazing. You know, and I always wonder why can't Team Blue do eight cores? You know, I didn't understand these things at the time. I mean, keep in mind, I'm, I'm 23 right now. Sandy Bridge mm-hmm. was like, what, more than 10 years back. You know, I didn't understand these things back then, but now I do understand them. I like, I can't stop feeling kind of angry like i'm like you could have done it back then you had the engineering samples for it ltt covered this i mean we they didn't want so much they just they just didn't there was no financial reason to do so like they weren't going to lose micro share to anyone trying to make more cores yeah they could just they could just continue to sell quad cores at at those prices and continue to make money but they did have a high-end desktop line so if you wanted six or eight yeah, cores, I mean, you could buy Xeon lights, which is why I bought X. Why I bought X ninety nine? Yeah, but now that we look at all these things, we're just like they kind of dug the grave in that sense, you know? Like yeah, they with were complacent. Procedure coming back, it's all great news, but your 
you're used to winning by doing nothing. Yep. You know? So what's going to happen now? Or how are you going to change that mindset? Because I don't want to use the word complacency, but uh, there's no other way to say it. I love some of the stuff Intel's doing. I will be the first to say it. I have never had driver issues or any issues with any Intel SKU that I've owned, right? They have the financial resources to prove all of that stuff a lot more than even AMD. Yeah, AMD's had their issues, but if if I level the playing field... AMD has been pulling punches for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but well, you know, it's the same thing as with Intel. If you have a product that is obviously a good choice and provides competition, there's no reason to outdo yourself at a faster than worthwhile pace. Like they can yeah. take a little bit more time to work on it, polish it a little bit, but definitely vet it and make sure that there's not something like <clears throat> meltdown waiting in the wing for them to get caught off guard by. I mean, yeah. that... But Intel Intel invested... I know, so Supreme Commander was one of those games to utilize multi-threading initially, and I saw some of their slides for some of their presentations and they had Intel engineers come and help them with the entire multi-threading thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, even though Intel's done all the stuff that I am against, they're, they still have a lot of pros to them, you know? Like, they helped the Sentinel engineer to work on this. I remember uh, on my MacBook Pro, um, I had installed the beta version of the Intel utility that allows me to see my wattage. And it crashed my piece, my my Mac, a day before my final project was due, and I had not committed any changes in like the last day, because save frequently, guys. I save, tell it to save. my users all the time. Yeah, they call and commit, complain. Commit, my word crashed. My, code. my Excel crashed. It's like, did you save? I haven't saved for like three hours, and it's like, do you have autosave turned on? No, I turned it off. Is that little toggle in the top right corner, right? They turned yeah. it off because it took too long or whatever, you know? It's like... Oh. Yeah, but in this situation, an Intel engineer who I contacted, I was like, yo, you built it. I'm in a pickle. You got to fix it. Yeah. I had it fixed within 15 minutes because he recompiled the code then and there, and he sent me a DMG file. Nice. That's I, I love having... Stuff- taps in like that i mean i've had to deal with bugs where Mm -hmm. i have provided because i decompiled java code or whatever i have provided source file line number and new code to fix their broken code and still could not get it fixed by the company it's like come on i'm giving you a bone here you have this show stop bug for anyone that uses this feature and you guys are just ignoring this and, and not even issuing a hot fix, nothing. And even in multiple success releases after the fact, they never fixed it. Six yep. months I was dealing with, and they never fixed it. I actually wrote code that interfaced between their stuff and where this stuff was going because it was an export process, right? 
Yeah, I wrote stuff that would translate their export into something that was correct before it would go uh -huh. on to where it needed to go. And yes, I'm not sure how much you know of my history in Omen, but I am developer slash whatever. You know, I am a wild card, the jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get you there. Uh, I am there as well. I understand A to Z's of the business side, the tech. In fact, I, I really made a play at trying to get into product management, but that didn't work out, you know, pandemic. Uh, so my story is that I got laid off before the pandemic. Uh, sorry, right. a week into the pandemic, which sucked, you know. But after that, after doing the pandemic, I was like, yeah, okay, I, I didn't get the product manager thing. But now I'm like running, gunning towards it. And that's that's a jack of all trades thing, you know. It's, uh, it's nice. Anyway, let's transition to our Intel story, if that's all right with you guys. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the Intel Core i9 11900KF heats up to 98 degrees Celsius. 250 watts of power. I get it. It's a single core running at 5 gigahertz, but come on, guys. That's like, I mean, so it can hit up to 5.3 gigahertz, but 5.3 gigahertz at 250 watts, that's a lot of power. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, I want to, like, if, if it's cold outside and I want to heat myself up, it makes sense, but 250 watts for a CPU? Too much. I mean, I, I gave NVIDIA flat for having 200 plus watt GPUs. So a CPU that's a fraction of the cores, I get it, you have more frequency, but that's not what people want anymore. They want power efficiency, you know? Ryzen's right. like what? Both of their SKUs are like what, 100 watts? And 120 watts if you overclock them and max them out and whatnot. Mm -hmm. At least for the eight core SKUs. Uh, that's definitely a room for improvement, you know? His thoughts, reactions. No, I mean, we're, uh, Kirk's right now trying to find the, uh, the link yeah. to, the, uh, to the article that you brought up. I didn't have yep. a queued up. Um, I mean, Intel is is leaning on whatever they can, um, as long as it's the frequency and max performance, they will push whatever advantage they have as hard as they can. Power be damned. That's that's really what's happening here. Yeah. Um, like, what are they supposed to do? Just be slower than AMD? Are they just supposed to be, you know, because they're not going to be more power efficient at any point. They're just going to be for sure. Off. Um, I have sent you the link on Discord, by the way. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Yep. KF. Yeah, it's. Oh, by the way, I I really like the fact that, um, their XE graphics don't suck anymore. <laughs> I mean, their integrated graphics are good. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought you meant the card that was like. Never mind. <laughs> oh, the card we're never good again. Yes, yes, the one that was very, um, sad. Sad is the word I'm looking for. I yeah, I, I think I think there's um, no more eloquent way I could put it. It's just it's just sad. It's just, well, did you see all those designer graphics cards, and then when they actually came out with it, it looked like an old school Nvidia card. Yes. 
<laughs> yes. yes. Just some piece of metal with a fan on it. Yeah, and, and you guys are missing the best part. It only works with Intel CPUs. Of course, because vendor lock-in and all that, right? Uh, and you guys give crap to Apple. Well, you know what? You know what? To oh, be fair, I give crap to, to Intel fair, too. Hold on. To be fair to this uh, to this Rocket Lake chip, it mm-hmm. will give people a reason to water cool again. There you go. Yeah, three hundred and sixty millimeter liquid cooled, and it's still running. No, 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 no. like a custom loop. Like get yourself a custom loop. Look, look, the look, whole look, line. Look. There you go. It just runs outside think... of the swimming pool. You'll have a heated pool mm-hmm. during the winter. It's great. I, I just think that Intel should pay royalties to nzxt and these water cool manufacturers for like raising their sales it it's fair you know maybe they should just put a condenser cooler oh, with it like oh, they have on okay. stage oh, just sell one of those with every <laughs> of course with the proper refrigerant in it not the illegal stuff that they had yep. to use hey hey that being said that being said um I want to see how these things perform. Maybe they're really great. This will probably be how Intel takes the gaming um, crown back, which I have an article based on uh, some of the the older well, AMD chips up against the new ones and how they I have, really I have did some improve. Here. Go uh, ahead. So AMD Rocket Lake 11 Gen. Okay, mm-hmm. they take the performance crown, but keep in mind, Ryzen came out like, what, four months back? Yeah, but how hard is it to buy one? No, 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 no. It's See, actually not that games. hard. Not that hard. Like I said, there was hey, look, there was a 5800X right there on Amazon. You can go get it. It's probably fifty dollars more than MSRP. But I've got I've got a fifty I've got a fifty six hundred X sitting right now on uh the motherboard. The fifty eight hundred X has actually been quite readily available. Most of the reason yep. is because it's actually still at five fifty to six hundred dollar range. And mm-hmm. nobody's gonna want to pay that for the 5800X when they could have just got the 59 or even just a 56. I want a 5900X. I'm I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you. I want a 5900X. Okay, I don't need one, but I want one as well. But I know for a fact I'm gonna have to get a new cooler for my PC just well, to run that. So I'm just like, eh, I'm, I'm good for now. I I'm gonna need a new motherboard. Because I'm still rocking an X370 board. So wow. if Gigabyte's listening, no, just kidding. I like yeah, to make, um, I, I like to Rob tease a lot of potential sponsors or something. I mean, look, I'm I got this Western Digital cool, cozy for my can. <laughs> I love that merch. Anyway, the point I was making earlier is that okay, so Intel's coming out with Rocket Lake in what March? That's Gen uh, 5 March's three months down the line uh, amd came out four months before so that's seven months in mm-hmm. they have a competitor okay cool but we know that the current cpu cycle is one year right 12 to 14 months let's say yeah. that it's so like when you Intel, buy an iphone or something you know they're going to yeah. come out with another one in one year yeah exactly so intel is going to have that performance crown for what and three six months so so, and, then they, and AMD has it again. To be fair, though, you know the article we were talking about earlier about um, Intel taking uh, the market ship crown from AMD yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because of the shortage. I mean, right now you can buy um, 
think it was I think it was Keith who actually said this. You can he bought a um a an i5 mm-hmm. the motherboard for less mm-hmm. than the cost of an MSRP um 5600X. Yeah. And I mean it's in, it's available. Like you can just go and buy it. You can just go buy a chip, you can just go buy a motherboard and you just have it. Like these aren't great and yet they're not the performance options, but I mean I haven't checked for a little while, but Last time so I checked, in, if you wanted to buy a third-gen Ryzen CPU, you were paying through the nose because they just aren't available. Okay, so you're you're basically saying that Intel is the new AMD? Because they're available. That's really it. They're available. Got it. You can, so I want to weigh in here. Um, in, in the Middle East, where I'm located, uh, you have to pay a price premium on two components, Ryzen processors and AMD, mm-hmm. uh, NVIDIA GPUs. That's the only places you're paying premiums. And there's a reason, because they're really good, and mm-hmm. there's very less supply, especially allotted to the Middle East. You know, the Middle East is like, what, 100 million people, 120 million people? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't get a lot of supply, but there is a lot of demand, surprisingly. So, you know? And there are people who are willing to spend those prices that you guys aren't. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah. there's always going to be that group of people who are like, "Oh, thousand dollars for a GPU." All right. Well, the I thing mean, so is... actually pointed out that Alder Lake is is coming out in the fall. Um, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. The ten nanometer uh, one. Yep, I actually look forward to that because I think that uses for for virus, uh, some some tech from there. Mm-hmm. They're actually using three D stacking and. Uh, let me let me actually check that Alder Lake, right? To tie on mm-hmm. those little cores. Yeah. That's something that really got my... Yeah. So it's using a big little uh, combination yeah. where... Yeah. So there are four small cores, and there is one big core. So the four small cores are... Excuse me. 10nm base small cores. There's no details here, mm-hmm. but the larger one is a Sunny Golf core, which is interesting. So they're basically picking up some ideas from the mobile space. And it's not a had, bad idea. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I saw some of the SKUs they had uh, using the Forbes design. Like Samsung laptop they had was ridiculously thin. And I pray to God that, so if you've heard of the Galaxy Book S, I've mentioned it a few times in my articles. Like, I just find a plug for it somewhere or the other. It's an amazing laptop. It's super thin, and it's super power efficient, and it's on par at what you would get with the ARM laptop. In fact, there's an ARM variant of it as well. And I really think that's the future, you know? Uh, the future of mobile is these hybrid processors uh it's it's fantastic for mobile i i just think that um there's so there's this sort of um really foolish attitude that we had about 10 years ago uh no on mm-hmm. where it was the idea that desktops were going to go away and arm was going to dominate everything yep. and that power efficiency is such an important thing <laughs> but I mean, there's there's always going to be room for big beefy uh, towers. BFGs, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always going. I, to I be get room. you. I get you for sure. But 
in office buildings, these these big little things are probably going to be great because yes, when so. you're not really using them, they're they're not that heavy. But when you're really hammering the you know when you're really hammering the thing, it has yep. full desktop cores. But it you know the 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 ceiling on these things aren't as high, but it's office work, so people don't really yeah, need it. Yeah. Plus, imagine how thin our laptops are going to get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kirk, as yeah. a, as a system, you're mostly a system admin, right? You could say he, that, yeah. He wears many, many hats, but yes. like he this entire last week, I spent implementing NSX in our environment, VMware NSX, the virtualized networking. Let's let's say he's a system admin, just for sake of okay, discussion. Okay, okay, you're just a system admin. That's it. Yeah, we'll just so we'll just say my. Thirty percent of my job is system admin from the technical right. definition. Yeah. Right. Okay, Kirk. So we get it. You're smart. System admin. You see, you know, the VP comes complaining. I don't have battery life. Laptops uh, clunky as hell. What are you gonna do? Well, You're gonna get them an ultrabook. Yeah. But then he goes like, "Oh, the battery's like only eight hours. I need more than eight hours because I'm traveling. I'm moving from meeting to meeting." Then he'd get what a Ryzen one, right? <laughs> uh, you would. So, or, Mike, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, or you could get one of these Forveros uh, laptops that gives you like 25 hours of battery life and pretty decent performance for what's basically Word and Excel, right? Yeah, until you launch a web page and then it uses all the CPU resources because Chrome. <laughs> So, uh, Mike has some Mike has some interesting comments saying that Intel is flooding the market with i nine five seven i nine i seven i five Comet desktop. Worldwide channel inventory is up a hundred percent in the past six weeks, and the ninety nine k the ninety nine hundred k is in the last two weeks has jumped up six hundred and ninety seven percent. Because they can still make fourteen nanometer. Yeah. Oh, all Comet, all Comet desktop today is 65% more than Matisse in channel. And Matisse is 13% of Veermeer 5X, uh, which is, yeah, that's that's the 5000 series. Wow. Intel 9th no. gen price cramps will crash as 5X ramps. So yeah. I have to admit. No, that's, that's a fair person, point. That's a fair point. Well, like uh, Intel, uh, based on their 14 nanometer war chests, Okay, whoops. Uh, Vermeer is five times. Vermeer five thousand is thirteen percent of Matisse. Okay. Well, let me put it this way: Intel still makes good chips. The thing that yeah, made they're not So attractive is that they provided more compute, more multi-core performance at a decent price they weren't mm-hmm. charging a thousand dollars for an eight core cpu and the high-end desktop like mm-hmm. intel used to and now prices are going up we have seen that their 16 core is you know msrp 799 mm-hmm. if you can find it you might be able to get it for an eight nine hundred dollars and at that point it starts to become not as good of an option versus some of the Intel components because there mm-hmm. is price points up and down the chain. And right. if you're going to be paying $200 more for the Intel or, or for the AMD at a certain price point, you might be able to find an Intel part that is actually a better deal. You'll get more power. Yeah, more, more value. Yes, right. and it's always yeah. a value proposition unless if you're 
you know, you want the ultimate no question asked kind of thing. So it really depends on where your price point really lands and what you can consider affordable. Like you can get a 3090 right now, today. You can go hit buy, but you'll pay $2,100 for it. Mm-hmm. And is it oh, worth it at that $2, point? $2,100? I, I saw one for $2,500. I've had, I've had more morning. than one 3090 in my cart at $1,800. And I'm still sitting here ho-humming over the extra $400 markup. And this is from a, a reseller, not a, a scalper even, but XFX. Mm-hmm. From their website. <sighs> And it's been in my cart, and I've been like, okay, do I actually want this for eighteen ninety with sh- tax and shipping or whatever? And I'm sitting here going, you know, I really don't. <laughs> you know what? If if you ever decide to actually go and buy it, just buy AMD. Uh, sorry, uh, Nvidia stock instead. Um, I'm not sure if Nvidia stock would be the good one. Yeah, like Maybe I, AMD stock. I can't make AMD, Nvidia, any stock recommendations because I am nowhere near an expert. I probably lost more money on stocks than I care to admit. You know. Yeah. But right now, with it being a bull market, it's pretty much anyone can look like a smart investor, and that's kind yeah. of the problem. You see a lot of YouTubers out there that are actually acting as financial advisors almost saying hey look you could have bought this stock and like i did see look here's my last six months and made x number of whatever yeah they're out there making youtube videos about it because they were successful the 300 people that made the wrong choices aren't making youtube videos about it because they don't want to no they're not and not only that but in the bull market anyone (laughs) could have picked anything in the right. tech sector six months ago and made a huge percentage gain. Well, I mean, I mean a lot of that is because of a lot of money that stuff to yeah. the government. In my 401k with my work, I hope everyone uses in investment portfolios or whatever for retirement. Make sure to set yourself up for the future. Definitely get company match. I'll just put that out there. Yep. But uh, my 401k actually has uh, tech and science as a sector that it has some weight in. I don't even remember the percent, but I had had it in that for years. And mm-hmm. it has an APR or an annual percentage return that is in the 50% mark. I mean, I wish That's my entire... That's pretty high, considering... Yeah. Considering, like the portfolio uh number that brokerage uh sorry investment firms should tell you is like what seven to ten percent well yeah yeah. and the thing is uh, the the tech and science stock that it had has like a hundred different companies in it um obviously if tesla was 10 percent of the thing i would have had a lot higher return because that's what 800 percent in the last oh you year. could have you could have retired by now right <laughs> that's if, how good the, if you have enough good. money in your 401k to begin with that's the key you want to get in and you want to get in early you want to contribute as much as you think you can to be able to retire comfortably all that for sure obviously this is u.s advice because we have the 401k stuff but you guys in the eurozone probably label it something different but it's essentially an investment portfolio that your company puts a certain amount of your salary into every paycheck just to set you up for the future 
<laughs> because you don't want to retire and live off of government welfare for your retirement. It just isn't going to be enough. And just putting money into a savings account will lose money because of inflation. So make some smart decisions, work with a financial advisor. I am not one, <laughs> but set yourself up. Do, do yourself a favor. Yep. And anyway, so did we cover the Intel clause back market share from desktop and mobile? I think we did. Yes, I think we, we did. did. Okay. We, we talked about okay. that. Right. So let's move on to gaming furniture. I mean, we're, we're already at an hour and 45 minutes, guys. So if you guys want to keep going, I know Noman has uh, kind of the time crunch since it's probably 2 a.m. for you. Maybe even 3. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. if you want to keep going, we can keep going we don't necessarily need to talk about ikea's gaming hardware i just yeah i just thought it was just fun. Let us know the, the furniture uh, i don't have it queued up anyway but uh did we want to do a con controversial topic before we close the stream do we want to just do one just for yeah. the outrage i guess and everyone definitely read some of Mike Rizone's comments in the chat he's a very intelligent guy he's worked closely with it channels and knows his stuff so he's made comments on all of our previous videos we thank you mike for uh, dedicating your time and checking us out and for contributing all these great comments yep um so the controversial point of the day ha there we go millennials aren't as tech savvy as people think according to cnbc uh, <laughs> So is 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 that a trustworthy source? Uh, it's about as trustworthy as MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, any of those. So it's All one right. of the big media conglomerates that everyone likes to attribute politically, and we're gonna not even approach that topic. By the way, so yes, because that would be a. This is an article written. My only issue with it is it was a it was done by a they were reporting on a report by uh, Change the Equation, which after I digged up on it was a, uh, a Gates thing. Yeah, but the data was from 2013. Yeah, so it is back in it's 2012, in 2013 kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean data data changes pretty quickly in I used to work in e-commerce before this and we knew that the data we had a week back was was not trustworthy we needed new data every other day so when when we look at these kind of things so we really have to take it with a grain of salt well we got a unique panel of people here just on this podcast let alone the people that are in chat and mm -hmm. we have a good sampling here we have millennials that's and, me. Hi. And then we have what oh. Gen Z. What are what are you considered, Noaman? Yeah, do you know? I I don't even know. I, I, I don't think you're a Gen Z. You said I, you're like 23, 24? Yeah, 23. I think you're you're like Gen Z. Yeah. Oh. And then I'm I'm just before a millennial. I I am actually classified probably as a millennial. I haven't looked at the exact like delineations, but I know that like eighty six onward is millennials, and so I am pretty close. And right. some of the fence posts put it back as far as 81 even. But so these are age 16 to 34 in 2012. That's nine years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. I hate to do math 
and everything. But 2012 being nine years ago, you, my gray hair starts to feel more real. Uh, <laughs> my mom went gray in, by 30. She was completely gray. And so I got that gene apparently. And I have an overhead light. So it's making it look even worse. Hey, but you don't see it, but I have grays as well. They're just covered by that massive headphone. You know, that's that's so, all it is. I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting article because they said nineteen uh, percent had uh, had proficiency below using one function within a generic interface. Yeah. Um, it's pretty sad. Well, yeah. they're talking about sorting emails into pre-existing folders, like do you Which know how to drag, drag and, drop. and drop, and that's a simple mouse movement. And a lot of our viewers are probably going to be more computer PC mouse literate than most anyway. And, I, but you got to think I, most of the people that are growing up right now are only mm -hmm. using touch screens. Yep. Think about that. My son, yeah, for instance, I, knows how to use YouTube like nobody's business on his phone. And he's only two and a half, by the way. <laughs> What? My two and a half year old knows how to pull up videos that he wants to watch on YouTube for kids, by the way, not the full one. And right, of course, he can cue them up and watch them and he can be entertained. And when he gets bored of one, he'll flip up and then pick another one and jump straight to it and watch it instead. And he knows how to forward and back and pause and stuff. It's crazy, guys. <laughs> Yes, we have two and a half year olds that use YouTube. You know, either Alex got really good at holding still, or he lagged out on us. No, I'm I'm here. Yeah, you I'm lagged like... out on the video. Yeah, oh. you did. We'll but wait for you to come back. Can... Don't worry. Don't don't mess with it. We'll yeah. we'll see if it jumps back. Right. You know, but what's interesting is that um, I was speaking to someone in the product space, and they were telling me. Hey, look, we know everything's moving towards mobile. And with the pandemic thing, it's even more. So if you're looking at emerging markets, right? Um, yep. Southeast Asia, mostly. Um, people prefer to have tablets and phones over laptops and desktops. That's just reality, you know? So Okay, you're back, Alex. Yep, there we go. I'm back. Yeah. So the future, future is going to be mobile, no matter what you say. Like, yeah, sure, PC got a little bit of a boost in the pandemic, but mm -hmm. so it, it's all going to be mobile. It, it depends on what you mean by those uses. If you mean by your average consumer, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the pros, the enterprise folks. Well, the, the, biggest, the biggest problem, though, that happens is it is much more comfortable to write at a desk where you're seated properly with a keyboard mm -hmm. and a large monitor than it is to use a laptop and hunch over because I've rarely ever been in a situation where I did not feel like I'm hunched over on a laptop. Yeah. But then that's where you can, you have mobility to kind of compensate for that. Right. Unless yeah. But how often can... do I need this mobility if I'm doing something like sitting in my office? Do I really Unless want if they the can ability? Do an ergonomic keyboard with oh. a laptop then I am not going to be a laptop person by any stretch of the imagination. No, I, I want my, I want my 27 inch screen and, uh, you know, my 27 yeah. inch display and my large full keyboard. Well, and even the mouse is and way mouse. more comfortable to use than a trackpad 
I mean, you get some of the features that you would find on, say, a Magic <laughs> Mouse or something, not to name fruit, but it, yeah. you can do stuff. But I actually really like browsing the web with a touch screen. So I had a laptop with a touch screen. It was great. I could just hold it in my... No, those are fine. Flip those are it. fine. But I, I can't use the touch screen for a lot of things like system administration. All that is entirely mouse-driven or... Mm -hmm. it, typing because you're doing PowerShell or something, but you won't want to do that on a, a laptop. It's just not that comfortable. Sometimes no, I'm forced not, though. There are different use cases for every platform, you know, uh, comfort on PC. I agree with you. In fact, I'm on a PC right now. I'm using one mm -hmm. of these nice uh, razor hand thingies where you can keep your palm. I, I love these things, but at the same time, you know, and in, in the kind of work I want to get into, I know that I can't take my lap, my desktop everywhere. I have sure, to take my laptop. So. Sure. You know what an yeah. uh, OpenVPN and RDP does for you? You can take your desktop wherever <laughs> you want. And you can do it on a Chromebook. Yes. Yes. And you get I phenomenal that, battery well, life. What, what I mean is... So, yes, there are definitely positions where you can't bring mm -hmm. a desktop with you, but not every job requires people to be on site. Not, exactly. or not every job requires people to be constantly moving around or what have you. Um, yeah, but and I've heard people say things like, well, with a laptop, you can work around in the house. I totally lose conscious, uh, uh, focus and attention mm -hmm. when I'm in the kitchen or if I'm in the living room and I'm doing something else and there's all these other things. Yeah, but keep in mind there might be 10 people who say otherwise, you know, I, I, yeah, but you're not removing the, the desktop users. That's, that's sort of the thing is I heard for so long that desktops will die off and everything will be, you know, uh, uh everyone will be totally comfortable with the, uh, the like Intel, you know, or let me change this. Everyone will be using an iPad and it's a little silly to say that everyone will right. be using an iPad because have you ever tried to write a 1,500-word uh, email to someone on an iPad? I don't know. Uh, that's what that's I, like. That's what happened is a lot of the um, – I'm talking a few years ago. A lot right. of the sort of talking heads people who digest information, they can look at their scripts, you know, these, these sort of like hedge fund managers, these business types who don't actually do the work. They, they take in content and then they make decisions based off of them. Yeah. A tablet's great for that because you're but, just – reading a page i'll ask you this question go ahead kirk's son growing up is using an ipad a phone mm -hmm. he's yeah, literally he's using that he, yeah whatever whatever it might be you know clarifying when he goes to university might want to write a 1500 word essay on his tablet or his phone you know usage habits are going to change we we know it's going to be more yeah portable, but, but the problem with that we don't know is... what they're going to be the problem with that is we're going to see a bunch of people at 35 with major wrist injuries. Well, well, let's put we'll, it this we'll way. We'll come up with something for that. The desktop isn't going to go away because there are no, going to be professionals like me or just normal power users that are going to need the desktops. Now, the thing that has happened is a paradigm shift in computing where people who normally had a desktop because that was the only choice so that they could read their emails and uh, communicate or watch videos, that kind of stuff, look through their pictures. 
they would do that on their computer because there was no other option. Now that is done on tablets with the cloud and Netflix and all that other good stuff. They didn't need the computer, so they never upgraded their computer. They bought a tablet and a phone instead. And yep. that works for a majority of content. Uh, and yep. it works for a majority of users. And that's what I think Noman is getting at is yep. Yep. the shift from a person sitting at a PC or a, even a laptop, no longer even needing those because their use case is so lightweight. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Again, depending on the use case, it's totally true. But those that use case is like 80% of the population. That's the thing. I just, I just remember hearing the we idea the that no one will use friend. a desktop. I'm just no, making no, no, up numbers, by the, the way, so don't don't quote me on eighty. I I remember hearing the argument being that desktops will die and there will be no relevant use for desktops, which was yeah. a little. And extreme. that's just that's just extreme reporting. I mean, we try to adore not go to extremes like that. We don't sensationalize our articles as clickbait because we don't even we don't like having to click through 14 clickbait articles to get to the truth, such no, as this, no, uh, yeah. no. even this uh, article that I was showing about the poisoning of the water supply. I mean, they're calling it poison. And all, it, it's all just clickbait titles because that's what gets money in today's world on the internet. And it's stupid. And that's, that's not what we're, yeah, no, that's not what You know what's about. funny is that we have a very large newspaper. You know, it's one of three newspapers in the, in the region. Mm -hmm. And their entire unique select point is clickbait articles that lead to nothing. Mm -hmm. And and what I feel bad about is that I'm going to have to, like, write a cover letter and apply to them. And I pray to God, no one's no one from there is looking at looking looking at me <laughs> saying this. Like I don't want to say these things, but it's the truth, you know. That's what sells, you know. People like controversy; they like the spicy stuff. They don't like fact. Yeah, the and fact of the matter is, we'll, we'll get a sizzling title or something. But we actually try to make sure the content in the article is presented in a non-sizzle yeah. real fashion, factual, not biased as much as we can you know especially yeah. depending on I the mean, circumstance yeah <laughs> i mean let's be let's be honest we take a dump on on a lot of companies but at the same time you know let's take nvidia for example their ai tech is phenomenal rtx voice it's it's, it's what would convince me to buy me a guy who's basically hated on nvidia for what they've done uh, on a higher level than adore did than jim did you know i am willing to buy a 3060 ti if it was available just because of that uh, you've like you make good products just be a good company you know that sort of thing yeah and unfortunately you don't shit, good stuff what are you going to do yeah and unfortunately consumers don't really worry about whether a company is ethically good when they yeah. buy products. They just buy products that are affordable, have good features, and hopefully last long enough for their use case. I mean, I don't buy a video card thinking it's going to die in three years or something. And there are people that are even having problems with the 3000 series failing on them. You guys have probably seen yeah, reports yeah, of that. Yeah. But 
it doesn't happen to everyone, and hopefully you can get a RMA on it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't plan on using a thirty ninety in six years from now. Yeah, just no. like nobody would no. sit here and go, you know what? That HD fifty eight fifty was a great card. I'm still running it. You know. Unless you're hopefully you have upgraded cash. more recent than that. That's all I I got. I have there's, there's a 6770 be behind me on a shelf that I'm going to use for decoration in my videos. And yes, we are making video content for AdoredTV.com. Yep. We'll be making I've got video one reviews. That I'm, I've got one that I'm working on with processors. I actually posted a teaser picture from one of mine that I'm working on in the Discord. Yeah, I think, I think that's a direction we should definitely head in because... Let's be honest, most of our growth is probably going to happen on YouTube. Even TikTok, should we decide to do that? I mean, I'm not for it, but it is what it is. You know, um, the website always going to be around. We're always going to put out articles on there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, based on what my trends are telling us, it's going to be all YouTube. Also, looks like we would I, like uh, to... Looks like I kicked a little bit of a an ant pile. On the yeah. <laughs> on the you know, live stream, everyone's like, "Oh, cries in ninety eight hundred X." Yeah, radio right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also. Yeah. See. You guys... See, there's a guy with a fifty eight fifty. I told you. What? I called him out. I called him out. Ninety eight hundred GDX. Uh, if this was a year and a half ago, I could have sent you fifty bucks to upgrade to anything better. And it would have been just, It would have been fifty bucks. <laughs> and he option. could have actually bought something but if if you don't need it if you don't need that higher end gpu because you're still playing just some uh, standard uh, like csgo and stuff there's no yeah. reason to spend the money that's the thing yeah for sure uh, the only reason to spend the money is out of a desire to have something you know new shiny tech or out of a desire to not draw 200 watts to play those old games and yeah. yes praxis i am running the 1080 ti as well i mean it, we have noman who's obviously been dumping on it nvidia and whatnot and yeah i i do like that card quite a bit and i say this as someone who owned a aorus x7 dtv7 that's one of those 1080 laptops those thin mm -hmm. like 1080 laptops that come out you know the non-max q mm -hmm. ones and I love the 10 series cards, you know, and I really wanted a 1080 Ti in the laptop, even so though I took it up on affordable. it. Yeah, Rocksmith and Star Wars MMO. Yeah, that would be why the, the 5850 works. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can use it for your use case. If you don't need the more power, there's zero reason to spend $800 on a GPU nowadays, guys. And for sure. If it's was... something you need because you're playing Cyberpunk at 4K, we're trying, then, <laughs> then go Man, ahead. I More need, power to you. I need. Uh, I haven't really played Cyberpunk because I'm waiting for the new GPU. Right. I'm waiting for it to become stable. So How about that? And besides <laughs> the fact that it was broken. No, my wife owns uh, it. It's on her account. I had the option to buy it. I bought Forza for Horizon instead. But it, it's a good that's game. A good it's game. a really good game. Good game. Yeah. Exactly. That's sure. why I bought it. Even though it was on uh, the Xbox pass or whatever oh, i don't care i don't care i mean i played it for a month on that for like four bucks and i liked it 
Yeah, I've been meaning to get it since it came out. What what I'm surprised is that yeah launched but we should have had some good lower end options. The lower end market deserves They'll be getting some something good eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Well, I mean this, I actually want sixteen sixty is not bad. For low no, end it's gaming, not. it's fine. Yeah, I mean, 1080p yeah, gaming, but, 30 to 60 but, frames. But, but it doesn't have RTX. So? Yes. But I It doesn't have DLSS either, but nobody's crying. It doesn't have no, RTX I, voice. I want DLSS. Or does it? I, I'm an NVIDIA fanboy right now, and I want DLSS. RTX for Minecraft, I can understand that. Yes. But, but I'll get that through Shader's mod. I don't care about the... The Windows 10 Redstone Edition. Screw that noise. I'll stay with the Java version. Yeah. Well, boys, we're yeah. uh, we're coming up on about two hours now. Yeah, but Amazing. that's what everyone likes. I mean, when we had our normal podcast, we'd have an hour and a half, and people were begging for more. And then, of course, there's the people that logged out after 20 minutes going, it's too long. Well, <laughs> Or the people saying, you guys aren't Jim, I hate you, unsubscribed. Well, we, we had quite a few please, people please that were trying that. to wonder where the uh, Scottish accent was. Should we all try our best opening? <laughs> all right, guys. Hello, guys. All right, guys. All right, guys. All right, guys. How's it going? How's it going? I'm gonna, it going? I think, I think I'm going to open. Oh, wow. Uh, Ian Cutris is here, Tech Tech Potato. How you doing, oh, Ian? Hey. Everybody Everybody, check out his channel. Uh, I run RTX Yeah, he, he has a great podcast. Yeah. We uh, it's, we're it's, all pretty big fans of Ian over here. Um, at yeah, least I know Ian, I am. Ian, I have to say this. Uh, a couple of weeks back, I made a 14 nm slide at a certain company, and then you kind of got angry at it. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and for everyone who thinks RTX uh, broadcast is a, a worthwhile feature that NVIDIA invented, they didn't. If you can notice, I have this virtual green screen. Alex has a virtual green screen, and uh, Noaman doesn't have a license to be able to use the virtual green screen, but uh, they're running in Teams. I'm running yeah. in Zoom, and these companies have had this technology for quite a while. And yeah, but... W before RTX thing was even a I thing. Think, yeah, but I think RTX voice in terms of... The voice is different. AI. I'm talking about broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, broadcast is very <laughs> best. But I really too far back, like Alex. Voice. Alex, you're out of the. Frame. You guys are killing me us, here. You're falling you asleep on us. It's only noon for you. Come on. What's your minimum specs, or is it specific? It's just it's the angle that this that this, this webcam is at. It's um, yeah. I have to sit really up and not have any support on the back. So. Mike's yeah. wondering how I'm gonna find Ian a better way to bring sixteen sixty and actually have RTX. Or a ten sixty and have RTX. So yeah, there I'll... have been ways to hack it, just so you guys there know. There are. Yeah. It's pretty okay, easy. I have I have a question for Ian. Ian, how why are you still running a ten sixty? He mentioned that he's running a ten sixty and I'm like why? Like, um, Ian Ian gets boxes and boxes of motherboards. Ian does not get graphics cards, and any graphics cards that he has goes in the test bench. I, I will answer this question for him okay. because I know him this long. 
he probably bought that 1060 because it's probably all he needs for his daily use. Yeah, yeah. when you're doing as much as Ian, I doubt he even has time to do a whole lot of gaming. Alex um, is correct. Think, yes, Alex is correct. Okay, I Alex think the last. I think the last about, time I talked to Ian. What about my apology, Ian? What about that? Is it accepted? <laughs> I I think the last time I talked to Ian, he said the main game that he was playing at the time was Rocket League. So I mean, well, I just got done playing Astroneer. Uh, I've been playing some indie games lately, just kind of on the side while trying to work on a degree because I'm updating my skill set, right? And, <laughs> and yeah, I'm I've been running for. 20 years in IT without certs, without any of that. I just have brute force knowledge. And you know, I'm literally just... Who is Jim? Who is Jim? That is Adorable TV, the original guy who started everything. We are basically writing his coattails as writers on the website that he set up. Because oh he, he doesn't have time to do a lot of this stuff. He's way too busy doing his analytical stuff. Especially with his new Freethinker channel. Mm-hmm. And Ian, I gotta... You've probably even seen the meme picture of the potato with all the RAM and stuff cords sticking out of it. You know, gaming on a potato. Yeah. You should probably even have that as some random thing that you just pop up during your live streams every once in a while. Just for fun. What's your minimum specifications? I'm not sure what the minimum specs you're talking about are. He doesn't remember me. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> oh yeah. We love we love our potato guy. Yeah, we do. Anyway, I've actually um... been reading Ian's stuff for years, guys. He's, um he's definitely helped my knowledge a lot and I appreciate all of his articles. So definitely check him out. He's he's definitely putting that PhD to good use. Um, yeah, I mean not to not to seem like you know we're um, we're we're kissing up to him too much, but yeah. uh, when I when I started um, working and, and kind of became the CPU guy um, for the Ooh, publication sure. I was writing at, this is a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I I asked him a lot of questions and he was very friendly and helpful. Mm-hmm. But even before that, he was probably the, the one of the guys I enjoyed reading the most. Yeah. Um, in the in you know the tech journalism sort of the kind of tech journalism world. Yeah. And see see he's too busy playing with Threadripper. That's why he doesn't play games. Well, he, he plays wins. with sixty four core processors. Yeah, yeah, he's having more fun doing that. I'm still yep. abusing the Threadripper that I did my reviews on. By the way, did AMD send you that, or was it... No, AMD sent, sent us that. Um, that okay. Third trip. Yeah, okay. back when the Threadripper launched, they sent us uh, a few components. They didn't send us a full kit. I actually provided about half the PC that... You, know, you guys can go read our Threadripper reviews. Uh, the one really thing I one. wanted to do with my review was I I'd see everyone's Threadripper reviews and they would run the standard scientific suite. And of course, Ian even wrote a application for you know, some scientific benchmarking that did really well. I actually ran it in our benchmarks just because it is a good program. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the thing I wanted yes, to right. do was use Threadripper for actual use cases. 
I went and installed Hyper-V and VMware mm -hmm. ESXi on our Threadripper to see how well it would work. And not only that, but I ran uh, transcoding inside of virtual machines simultaneously on Threadripper. And I got all of those benchmarks, right. all of that data on our uh, website. You can go check out our reviews. Yeah. And I also did it from a streamer's point of view because I see everyone running a single application going, look at all this performance that this one application gets running this one thing. And I'm like, no, that's right. not how people use this stuff. I have actually streamed accidentally while running a transcode while mining. <laughs> you know? uh, very, very pro. So <clears throat> Windows needs to solve the 64 thread per processor group issue. Yeah, I was going to bring Yes, that they up. do. Oh, wow. Yes, they do. I don't know what that's like because I've never used the processor with that many threads. Yeah, I think uh, he mentioned that in normal people probably. Hey, Ian, have you checked that on uh, Windows Data Center, uh, Server Data Center 2019, or even the new 2022? It, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't think that's a limitation in those versions, but it, oh. of course that's enterprise level, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. a lot of uh, these uh, thread rippers are probably going to have some kind of pro grade like Windows Server installed on them when you're talking something that needs to be 64 cores or more kind of thing. So uh, just some things I wanted to bring up before you know I left was. Uh, China might be blocking ARM sale to NVIDIA, mainly because um, ARM's China subsidiary is uh, is basically rebelling against them in a way because their CEO basically said, I'm not giving up my power. And he was <laughs> voted out in a board meeting thingy. And it's very funny because he's just like, nope, because I have a rubber stamp. Okay, and Xi Jinping's that, like, yeah, yeah, he's right. Ian says that and, the 64 thread per proc group is still an issue in those versions. So, yeah, it, that's why people run Linux, you know. <laughs> yeah, yes. I I hate to say it because it's obviously yes, yes. not a catch-all. You can't just convert your workloads over to Linux, but. It, there's reasons why Linux is a popular choice for a lot of high compute requirement scientific workloads. Mike, would you explain yourself on that last one? NVIDIA purchase of ARM is a ruse. Oh, they're probably just throwing it out there to see if the idea sticks. I think that's what he's kind of meaning, that yeah, it wasn't um, actually intended to succeed. Yeah, I think SoftBank really wanted to get rid of ARM. They made a good ROI. They had the entire fiasco with WeWork and, you know, that. So I don't think it was a ruse. But I feel that ARM should be independent of these companies. Because, see, look, I, I don't support one company having so much control. It's just crazy. But on the flip side, you have AMD... Uh, having Radeon cores come into the mobile space. So I guess NVIDIA will, would kind of feel threatened because, you know, uh, they're in the switches and that's about it. You know, that's the only consoles mm -hmm. they have. Mm -hmm. And 
if AMD shows themselves as being a valid competitor, they're going to need an edge. Something, even even like a year of heads up is is enough for them to like recoup. Like, if, if you're top dog, and NVIDIA is at this point, you want to stay top dog. And the only way you do that is either you build the tech yourself or you buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, with AMD's tech coming into mobile GPUs, I was like, huh, can can we have more like standalone VR? Like, are the ARM ARM processors and GPUs that powerful? Because I know for a fact that Apple is making a move into the AR space. Well, we have VR headsets that are running basically a mobile phone inside the headset for the screen and everything. And so right. you, you do have that kind of thing already. And right, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about when can I connect a headset to my phone, you know, because, hey, my phone's powerful. You, you don't need a headset. You can just get Google Cardboard and just stick your phone inside of it. Yeah, but it's <laughs> the same thing. I have a Galaxy it, it, VR and I loved it. Yeah. You know? It isn't the same thing, you're right, but until they get a few more things worked out with VR, and I mm-hmm. think they're going to do some pretty good things with the next gen of VR. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I got one of the last Odyssey Plus headsets that they were fire selling because they were dying. The right. line was being discontinued. And so I use that for Beat Saber and Alex and whatnot. And it works think, pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think in the future of gaming, we can. I'm sorry, just really tired right about now. In the future of gaming, I think um, if you guys follow the anime Sword Art Online, I think that's a very big possibility. Not in the sense that the way they did it, which was way nerf too gear. extreme. Well, yeah, nerf gear. Well, the thing is, uh, with with the possible. idea of nerve gear, uh, you think about it. You have a VR headset that you're Mm -hmm. basically controlling with your mind. Mm -hmm. If your mind tells your arm to move or swing a sword, you don't want your Mm -hmm. arm to move or swing a sword IRL. So you need some kind of way to prevent those signals from reaching your body. And so something that would do an interrupt on your nerves traveling from your brain and interpret those into something yeah, for yeah. the computer. As good as Steins Gate, yeah. Yeah, and so you got Steins Gate, you got uh, Sword Art, you got all that, even the Matrix, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I Musk has Musk has kind of Musk, talked about yeah, the stuff already with that. the Neuralink stuff. Yeah, I think that combined with. So, I was thinking about this for quite a while from a practical perspective, and I was like, okay, cool. If I can get brain scans of me raising an hand and then simulating that using Neuralink and, you know, using the same tech that NVIDIA is using for DLSS to create profiles. So, you know, you would have a profile for a human, uh, for each individual doing certain actions. So, for example, I'm raising my arm. They've been doing EEG links with uh, paralysis patients and stuff and training to move mice on screens and things like that for years. I mean, you see that eye tracking tech 
that people yeah, use yeah. for glass. That actually was being developed by these kind of groups to help with disabled patients and stuff. So, Ian, can, Ian said add... something funny in the chat. Um, he said, people think mindlessly. Oh, a burger. And a burger appears in game. Yeah, runaway thoughts would be really, really weird. Well, no, that's, actually, that's where that's you a, would have a framework uh, structure. You, you don't have just a free generated world, just like you can't just make a hamburger appear in yeah. Diablo 3. You just can't. It's not in there. Well, so... listen, listen. Have you ever have you ever played a game with a hacker? They do whatever they want and you can't stop them. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Would... I'm joking. I mean, you can start See, looking if... more into like Ghost in the Machine or a Ghost in the Shell kind of setup. Yeah. And that actually goes into more deep thought. It goes to the shell is more of a, yep. a, a a mental exercise more than an action, in my opinion. I, I think I think I'm going to uh, I think I'm just going to become a woodworker and live in the woods, guys. This is, this is getting too much. Yeah, but, yeah. You're not I'm, a weebo. Do the same thing. No, no. I meant the uh, the the um. I put this the uh, the Neuralink stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I'm just gonna, for I'm me, gonna be a wood. I'm just gonna be a guy in the woods. Yeah, I'm, for me, for the first fifty levels, I'm just gonna like, you know, solo it out, and then you know, hopefully find myself a redhead. You get no, where I'm no, going with this? Yeah, yeah. Ian makes a good find point. A black he's exaggerating, thing. but you can think too far ahead of what you're doing, and the game doesn't understand what you're thinking ahead, like. See, the problem is there are going to be massive, massive issues with this for a little while. Well, yeah, yeah, here's sure. here's the other question, though. When you're, say, doing an action, you're swinging a hammer or whatnot, even though you're mm -hmm. thinking about your project and you're thinking about doing all that stuff, it doesn't cause your arm to not swing the hammer appropriately. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? There is a difference in your brain pattern between thinking of an action and actually making an action. Mm -hmm. The motor cortex is isolated for a found? reason. Hey, hey, hey. Redheads are not crazy. You leave the redheads out of this. They're wonderful. I am yes. married to a redhead, so I already found my redhead. Yeah, yeah. You leave them alone. <laughs> They're wonderful. Uh, and I, but do you wear black like all the time by any chance, you know? What, uh, you you oh, think me? this shirt was yeah. a? <laughs> I actually don't have any Sao memorabilia or paraphernalia or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> hey, hey. No, no, they might be insane, but they're nice. So just, just leave it alone. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Maybe, maybe we'll have Ian to talk about this topic. They're, they're nice because I'd, I'd really like to hear his opinion. They're yeah. Cute. The cute. Yeah. Let's move on, though. I, my point was, I, I maybe we could have Ian on at some point and have this discussion about sure, know, sure. Neuralink and stuff. This is this would be a really interesting thing to maybe go in depth on one, at one point. Yeah, maybe we could have Jim and a lot more people who understand these things. Like, you know, I'm just a luddite. Video would be good too. I'm just a luddite. That's it. I'm just afraid of change. You assume Kurt dresses himself. My wife no, does like no. anime. She is a somewhat of an anime fan, not a fanatic. There is yeah. a difference, but um, you, you can see. Wait, wait, I, like I said, I am sporting One Punch Man here. So, hey Kirk, I have to ask: Do your kids watch anime with you? No, I don't watch a whole lot of 
anime with the kids. Right. Okay, so I have not gotten any anime girls in my email, so this, oh. is, this is different than last time. He needs oh, to go you... and research who they are, though. He sends them over in Discord saying, what, um, what person is this? Of course, probably censored still, but you need to lean up, Alex. You're dropping too far down again. Uh, you're no, killing I, I... me here. Put the little again. stop on your chair. That you know, we know you got a gaming chair and all, but make it stiff and vertical. Come on. <laughs> it is vertical. I'm, I'm. I have to lean into the camera, man. This is getting awkward. You know, I did mention that you would were willing to do a you know overvolted episode, just you and Jim there, Ian. So it, he just didn't have the time. Just like he didn't have the time yeah, to do a lot no. of the videos there at the end. He had already been burnt out on the whole tech yeah, there thing. Was, and... yeah. Believe me, there's there's a lot of us that, uh, well, a lot of us, you know, the staff that really tried to get stuff out of Jim towards the end, and he just he just wasn't into it. So Well, he's living in Sweden hey, with look, his, his girlfriend. And, I mean, he's, yeah, he's no. been really busy and really uh, dealing with a lot of health issues and things like that. So, so like... Uh, Everybody in the comments that says stuff like "Where's Jim? Why isn't Jim here? You guys took over something." Believe we me, wish we Jim want Jim here. to be doing this as much as possible. We really yeah. wish he was here. So yeah, I mean, you know, we're in the same camp as you guys. Yeah, but... I, I I miss the Scottish guy's voice. I watched Freethinker oh, again and again just because insane. of it. October was insane for you guys. Um, <laughs> I didn't get sampled enough to actually get involved in in all of the benchmarking, but I know guys who were who had to do both the CPUs and the GPUs and the other GPUs. And yeah, Jesus Christ, CES I am crazy. I, I am so happy though that I'm split up from um, doing all of the things it's like those individual YouTube channels because those guys they got to do like all of the work. Right, I'll do a Scottish voice. You know what? Ian probably would be the one who would be most capable of doing a Scottish voice. Right. Yeah. And and listen, I heard him. I heard him in. I think it was the uh, the ethics video where he talks about like how, how the whole sampling thing works and relationships with companies. Yeah. Um. He did a good gym impression at one point. <laughs> oh, right, guys. How's it going? <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, so all these things aside, um, one last thing before I head out is that um, OLED OLED displays going mainstream, that's something that happened during CES. Oh, look, mainstream. <laughs> yeah, funny. I want one. I, I want yeah, one. I, think, I think we're all going to have them in a bit. I was kind of disappointed. I recently reviewed an MSI laptop. A lot of things I did not like about it, and one of the fact was that hey, uh, OLED went mainstream. Why don't you have it? You know, so micro I LED mean, and quantum dot. Did so why aren't these? I I yeah. kind of forgot how great OLED is until I bought um, a Samsung phone. A uh, oh, yeah. the, the the Galaxy. It's it's not one of the S's. It's like the G seventy one or something. The A seven. 71 5G. Right, one. right. A71, yeah. Yeah, the A71 5G. I, I forgot how amazing the screen was. I was going to not use it to like watch YouTube videos and stuff on it. I was like, you know, I, I always burn these phones out and watch too much videos on them and YouTube and and once I looked at the screen, I'm like, no, this is this is such a gorgeous screen. I want to use this thing all the time. When 
I have owned an S6 and S7 Edge. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I appreciated between the two was the OLED. <clears throat> S7 was like, kind of a bad generation, though. Like, the I, 6 was I great, the 8 was great. Yeah, so the, the problem I had with the 6 and the 7 was that they were very flimsy in terms of their design. Um, I was able to sell my 6 to move on to the 7. But my 7 Edge broke, ironically, mm-hmm. while I was working for Apple. So I was like, eh, okay, cool, I'll, I'll just get an iPhone. And I have been happy since. Mm-hmm. But in another six year, six months, my 8 Plus is probably going to start showing its age. And I'm going to have mm-hmm. to upgrade. So, yeah. I mean, it's a good four years I got out of my... Four plus years I got out of my 8 Plus, you know? Mm-hmm. Versus one and a half less than one and a half of well, mine s series phones i'm still on an s8 and my s oh, that's pretty good my old s6 is what my son mm-hmm. uses for his youtube you know i just it uses the wireless charging because that was the first gen that had it mm-hmm. because he's broken the mm-hmm. micro usb port like you know two-year-olds do and so it there's a lot of good things that Android has really been doing with their phones over the years and Samsung in particular. I have to give credit to their One UI 3.1 and Dex. These Mm -hmm. have been phenomenal software improvements for Samsung. Well, and you got Nox as well. Nox is good, but it's more like a secondary thing now. Yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. But just the isolation it provides. So we've so, got a we've got another question. Um, from somebody asked about if we would do a show with Moore's Law is dead. I mean, so we've considered doing a a, a lot of guests. We probably have a lot of people we're going to bring on. Um, Moore's Law is dead would be would be interesting. Um, we've we've talked about it in, in you know internally. Um, wanting, but we kind of we kind of want to introduce you guys to our new staff before we bring on any guests to sort of yep. get you guys used to everyone. Oh yeah, um, new staff. Hi. And as yeah, you can is... see, Overvolted is a live stream, so you guys get the information a lot sooner. I was doing almost 18 hours of video work on our live stream or our Overvolted productions before, and you guys would get a Sunday recording by Thursday because, you know, I have a 40 hour a week job. Well, a minimum of 40 hour a week job. <laughs> uh,. Someone brought something up about a Samsung data collection scandal. I have no idea. I I don't follow the mobile tech stuff that much. That's that know. would be my department. That would be no one on his part. Yeah, he manages the off hours news. <laughs> while us U.S. Oh, people yeah. are put it, put it put it that way. I don't see anything about the data collection. Um, do you mind sending a link, please? Well, we could talk about the uh, you know, what was it? it the search browser, DuckDuckGo. Oh, no, no. That was doing uh, data collection yeah. even though they sold their stuff based on the fact they don't. <laughs> yeah, but, but didn't they just like, um, didn't they just show you ads, but then they stripped away the metadata or something like that? Uh, so it's it's not necessarily the uh, the software that Kirk is editing in. in. It's um, the amount of time he puts into those edits. Every frame. Well, it's not every frame, but I was doing a lot of uh, 
Yeah, overlay. It, I was having to research some things uh, to find sources for what we were actually just off the cuff talking about mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I would put all that relevant information in after the fact uh, because and we would fix. bring it up. And so I had and to fix. basically listen to the whole podcast at least three or four times. And it's not just as, as simple as just dropping the audio in there. Well, we also had um, things like I, I would have during recording day, my neighbors would decide to uh, mow the, the grass and mow the lawn. Yeah. Or there'd be uh, there it'd be a windy day and there'd be oh, branches I, hitting up against my window. I, you, be... I had a baby crying to like five minutes before we were supposed yeah. to start. Um, yeah. Donnie had his dog barking in the background one time. That was great. There was there's like a lot of comes through. So there's a, actually a, some of the conversation that you guys didn't hear because I had to cut out sentences or paragraphs worth mm -hmm. of discussion. And I had to find a way to mesh that together into a seamless audio. And you guys probably didn't even notice. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I've he, he was doing uh, a lot of work behind the scenes. So that's, that's why we're probably going to be continuing to do this uh, in live yeah. format. And I do like the live stream format a little bit better mm -hmm. i mean there's a lot more opportunity for mistake but it's a lot more informal and yep. you guys probably won't be holding our feet to the fire about the level of audio quality and, and, the and, fact I, won't, that, and I won't have to be really close to the mic like this all the time yeah and yeah, obviously I, even alex has been slouching in his chair and we've only been able uh, to see his mouth up and you know those are all things that are forgivable yeah, in a podcast that's live you know and i hate to say that we're, you know, lowering the bar or something, but we want to get to you guys faster. We want to especially get this live chat where you guys can talk back at us and mm -hmm. correct us on the and spot. Like, I don't want to also... have a video that us saying something incorrect where you know, I don't, I miss it in post or I don't even know myself that it was incorrect. And you guys have some expertise that we don't. And so we definitely appreciate that feedback and that you guys are here. Go ahead, mm -hmm. Alex. Uh, no, I was going to say, and it's m way more likely for us to actually come down and be consistent in doing this every week. Maybe maybe we'll change the time. Maybe we'll change the, you know, the day, but we'll be much more likely to get this out if Kirk doesn't have to spend a ton of time editing this. This, this, is, this has kind of been an issue for us, is getting everybody to you know, coordinate and Kirk finding the time to spend that much time to edit the podcast. And yeah. I did get a uh, lapel by. I mean, also there's a lot of. Mm -hmm. There's also been a lot of. Um, how do I put this? Uh, I guess some burnout in how interested we are in a lot of these topics because it just seems to be more and more bad news that the GPU crisis didn't didn't ever sort itself out. You know. <laughs> hey, look, it's. Out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. That's And I'm like, all right, so we're going to do the podcast this week, guys. What do you talk about? Yeah. How everything's out of stock and how if you want to buy a Ryzen 3600X, they're $350. And just, now they're not. Just so you guys know, this will hold my feet to the fire as well. I have uh, a script ready. I, I need to record it using my lav mic so it's consistent. But I've already done all the video work for a review that I'm doing. I'm building a white box NAS essentially for mm -hmm. multimedia use. So, uh, are I'm, you using uh, what's that software called? Uh, Flux? No, Lux. 
I'm not using software. <laughs> it, are you just streaming directly, or are you using um, Plex server? Are you using a Plex server by any chance? Um, yes, it will be designed for right. Plex. I actually, at the very end of the video, will uh, add Plex to the server and claim the server uh, using a Plex account. And that's where the video is going to stop because obviously people's setup on Plex and everything is, you know, let's say controversial, but also um, uh, unique to that person. So mm, yeah, you know, my music um, library, someone... my uh, family photos, family videos, uh, mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff is all going to be on there kind of thing. It, well, on my Plex server, I've already built one for myself. This is actually a commissioned mm -hmm. work that, it, you know, as much commissioned as $0 is for a, a, a buddy of mine. So it, you guys yeah. will get to see how much money he dropped on this thing and mm -hmm. how good it's going to be. And I'll leave it as a surprise on what type of uh, setup technology and yeah. whatnot it's going to be. All right, so someone said that um, uh, there is a version of Blender that now runs on ARM, Apple M1. Does that mean that other powerful ARM chips like Fujitsu's 84, sorry, 48 core A64 FX or Thunder 3? I think what he means to say is, hey, can powerful ARM chips be used for Blender? Yeah, they can. I mean, anything um, that computes is going to be able to do yeah blender already it's just is it good at it farms. is the question yeah mm -hmm. you know, yeah just like you can do that use this yeah i mean there's there's horses for courses kind of thing right if mm -hmm. you want to do transcoding with a fixed function it, intel has a great option with quick sync it is by far faster than a lot of the alternatives but if you are looking for CPU multimedia encoding, you would choose something other than an i3 that has quick sync, right? <laughs> yeah. For sure. And so anyway, you, you can make I, anything fit I'm of square. I'm going to bounce. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, we I, are I, wrapping I, up, guys. I don't have the energy to continue. But, all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for attending our inaugural return live stream whatever you want to call it relaunch and i i'm not sure if anyone noticed the little easter egg i put on the screen there uh we're working on logos and yes this, they is, are. this is one of our uh, more favorite options it, it has a lot of the components that we kind of felt would fit into the logo and we might um, even make some merch with it depending on how set we are on this iteration or not and, and uh yeah hopefully hopefully before the next overvolt that comes out um i'll be having a video up talking about um the it's, so there's a lot of games that i think people missed um with the uh when they did the ryzen cpu comparisons mm -hmm. and you're going to be some of the see some of those um great that versus the the 5600x versus the 3600x in a bunch of gaming titles um, just to kind of show people something that, you know, is games that people play more. Uh, some pretty interesting stuff. And thanks for the five pounds there. Ian. Oh, yeah. It's much yeah, appreciated. Tech, tech potato. Thanks yeah. a lot. Ian? 
we've been running that's another nice thing about this is we got the super chats with the youtube streaming stuff uh, we have patreon as well if you guys yep. want to support us as the writers for adore mm-hmm. tv you know, we do have our own patreon that's separate from you know, free thinker and you know, Jim's stuff so if you guys want to help support mm-hmm. us you know a dollar gets you into the discord and whatnot and if you guys are nice we let you in anyway come on we're not we're not in it for the money we'll just put it that no. way we, although we, we would we would appreciate if you guys gave us a free you know graphics card you know if you got a 3090 just sit yeah. in a box somewhere or know. or if you guys have or a you want to buy that you want to uh feature in the podcast <laughs> no western digital is not paying me anything by the way we don't have them as a sponsor I we would like, like them, them though I just like their hard drives and hey, Arian also, thank you. Or is that Arian? Five point four nine. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Hope you guys do this more often. Got go gove. Gave it a chance. Yeah. Um, Really appreciate you watching. The uh, hardware unbox did do a video. Um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, there's some there's a couple of titles. Well most of the titles that I'm using there, they didn't test. Yeah, and um, Land Strikes. But I don't want to give up the, the game too much. Land Strikes calling out that we have BTC and ETH destinations as well. Um, oh, that's true. That's you're true. you're welcome to pay us under the table if you want. <laughs> we accept graphic cards. Yeah. yeah. So it's a perfectly good currency. Oh yeah. Here's your tip: buy Monero before it's too late. Titan I mean... forty-eight gig. Tight. Uh, the Monero is a really good security coin. I'll just say that. And uh, Landstrike actually has a YouTube channel as well. You might want to go check that out. It's, it, they're really great with the crypto world. Very knowledgeable. Yeah, also, uh, if any of you use Twitter, uh, I use Twitter quite often. So you'll see me ranting about random stuff. So if you like my writing, throw me a follow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Alex Blue Screens on Twitter. Um, I try not to, to rant too much because I, it'll, it'll get in trouble yeah i actually don't do a whole lot of ranting and stuff on twitter i sometimes barely log into it to be honest but i try to do stuff and maybe i'll even just make an official twitter account for myself with the blue check and everything oh wow oh wow if you can send us a minutes. gt760 oh, what? for 7600 yes. i'm sorry a 7600 gt there hold we go on. boys hold on hold on Oh, Kirk, you're going to go find one of your old cards, aren't you? Of course. I'm not sure yep. you guys can hear me. Uh, Ian, I would definitely take that. It's a beautiful card. Uh, let's see. Oh, look at that. It almost has dust on it. This is the the 6770 I was telling you about. My 5770 is still in a box. Hey, I bet it goes grr. Look, it's RTX or RX 470. I got stuff. Back in the day. I got stuff. Back in the day. All self-funded. Nobody gave me stuff. But yeah, yeah, people gave me stuff, Kirk. People gave me stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That whole rant. You remember that? Oh yeah, gamers. Oh yeah. Yeah, But you guys, you guys can continue on without me. I am dying. I, Sleep. Yeah, I think I good, think good, I'm. Uh, good night, guys. I'm, I'm
yeah thank you guys for joining us and uh we'll be back hopefully next weekend it does this saturday at well depending on where you're at in the u.s noon to three o'clock whatever work for everyone throw a comment on the video after the fact and let us know uh we'll probably do another community poll like we did with the whole live stream question we actually got mm -hmm. some great feedback on that so thank you for participating and we'll see you in the next one guys I very much look forward to it yeah all right guys all right guys <laughs> and i do hope we get jim on this one of these days i think if we get going well enough he'll join mm -hmm. so we'll see you no later promises, guys though. yeah no promises we'll try to keep you entertained and with that